This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by celery. The show that is more frustrated than a wasp caught under a glass. Oh, clever. Sunday against United was as frustrating a match as the last time we saw a frustrating match, which, funnily enough, was the last home league game, uh, home league match against Burnley. In fact, if you thought that you'd slipped into a weird twilight world, Groundhog Day, and were back where you were three weeks ago, you would be forgiven. So poor and ambitious and downright nasty and niggly were United. Uh, they did a very passable impression of Burnley, but without the skill and imagination. Tuchel put his faith in Werner, Ziyech and hudson Doy up front, and they also served up a healthy dose of deja vu, managing 24 shots at United's goal without finding the net. If it hadn't been for Jorginho's penalty, we might have lost a game we should have won easily. But then again, if it hadn't been for Jorginho's keystone cops moment, then we wouldn't have been 1-0 down. Such is the irony of football, as Tuchel well knows. Fine margins and all that. Our only hope is that Chelsea's profligate ways are not revisiting us like the ghost of Chelsea past, and that the drop points against Burnley and United, like the ghost of Christmas future, will not be haunting us at the end of the season. Ah, there we go. And the title of tonight's show is... Uh, take a chance for me, Chelsea Fancast 855. Really, in honour of the fact that in the presser on Friday, that idiot uh, Ian, whatever his name is, the moose from TalkSport, asked Tuchel about uh, music and football again. And he, he did fess up to saying he compared it to ABBA, not uh, heavy metal. But he doesn't really like Abba, so I just thought that was appropriate. But there you go. Who can say? Who can say? Jonathan Kidd is in the house. <coughs> Yo, and yow, and yowza, and other appropriate uh, pop um, slogans. Can I actually do another one? Hooah. Hooah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's a, it's a good soul noise. Yeah. Hooah. Good, yeah. good Hooah. God. I never got exactly. Good there. Ow. <laughs> the other one. Ow. I've always liked that. Ow. One. 
Um, yes, I am indeed in the house. Yes, I'm as um, I'm as frustrated as uh, as um, exactly what you said earlier. Uh, pardon me. Um, but yes, like you, like you, it was deja vu. And it was uh, except I will get on to this. I felt there was more of a reason for the the uh, the deja vu, and I was annoyingly s sat, or uh, as they say up north, sitting right behind um, Tuchel because I was sitting with a friend. Um, Whose um, who's Russian girlfriend unfortunately didn't like me wearing a mask, which was uh, the result of a, of a rather fractious relationship, even while watching the game. But you know, hey, I've got my hidden my hidden problems. You know, some allowed me underlying issues. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was unbelievably uh, frustrating. I mean, bloody hell. Uh, as I said in the fan bite. You did indeed, and you said it very eloquently. Now, who have we got on the show tonight? Well, I, I can in, I can introduce them as a pair. You could. You like. Pair oh, of what? Please do. Not a pair, a pair of Gareth, though, obviously. A pair, no, a pair of lovelies. A pair of uh, a pair of incisive... Pair of um, lovies? pair of, no, incisive... I thought that was you and me. Percussive minds, Chidge. Percussive, <laughs> percussive explosive minds. It is, of course, ladies and gentlemen... All the way from their homes, it is the Smart Buddy. She's 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 just look at her radiant. radiant. She's tonight, isn't she? Says, Do you know why? Because I found a button on the camera thing that says "Touch up my experience uh, experience appearance." That's the first time I've ever heard. That's the first time I've ever heard it called that, Alex. Yeah, I'm, I'm so tempted to touch up. Your basically, experience. you can airbrush yourself. It but it basically makes your camera go a bit fuzzy. Yeah. Which do you know what it does, result. Alex? It, it gives your it gives your camera beer goggles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why I look hot. You, well, you look hot all the time. We we would all yeah. we would it. always say that. We used yeah. to do it by putting a nylon stocking over the lens diffuser. They, yeah, exactly. Can I make a confession though? Go on. This is the most fraudulent appearance I've ever made. I know. Well, I know that because I, I was yeah. on WhatsApp when you posted your message. But don't worry Mate, about I'm that. I'm such an idiot. I'm an idiot. I didn't get to go. I know, I know. You'd have to do a lecture, though, you said. Do you know what, though? If I'd have looked at the fixture list 10 days before, I could have swapped with a plastic scouser and he could have done his Gallipoli nonsense yesterday and I could have done mm. it. And I just didn't think. And it was the one time I couldn't, like, make them all come away. I couldn't, like, I'd have to go four hours earlier and we had Americans there and, yeah, uh, I'm an idiot. Uh, never mind. Idiot. Was lecturing on the nonsense of Romania in the First World okay. War. You would have been spared the pain you of would. watching the game. Mm. You would. I mean, actually... Well, do, you know, do you know what, though, guys? I looked up. And I looked up about three or four times, and in that I saw a stupid miss, a Mikel-like error from Jorginho, Werner miss. I mean, uh, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. Okay, we can all go home then. That's a quick show. Yeah. Well, it's been brilliant, brilliant doing the Chelsea fancast tonight. Bye. Have a great week. We'll see you on Friday. You know, blah. That's it. Do you know what? I'm really glad you're on tonight, Alex. Apart from the fact I'm always glad to see you, obviously. But uh, on our Discord group yesterday, uh, Nick Lennartson. Uh, asked me a rather pointed question. He said, when is Ms. Churchill going to be on the show next? And I said, Nick, tomorrow night. Feeling very good with myself that I was able to impart such important information. Now, of course, uh, Tony, lovely Tony Glover, who I uh, I had the pleasure of seeing uh, yesterday at the CFC UK stool. We had a nice little chinwag and we then had our, our customary wave, didn't we? I waved didn't to you me. from the Matthew Harding upper and you waved to me from the Matthew Yarding Hopper on the other bit of it, other side. Exactly. Of it, it? Yeah. And, it, and it was lovely because we both said pretty similar things mm. before the game, before moving to the ground about we were expecting a tough game. We were. We were. I mean, Anybody I... who thought we would roll through United 
does not watch a lot of football. Yeah. So me, it's me, Tony. It's me. I said five nil. So I don't watch a lot of football. Well, yeah. Sadly, my uh, my <laughs> thoughts about the fact that it might be a tough game didn't uh, didn't transcend into my prediction on the Premier League predictions league, or or in fact uh, on the Friday night preview show. But there we go. All right, where am I? I need my script. I'm feeling far too... Sony, I was going to say socially relaxed, but I haven't had a drink, so I can't blame that. It's just just (laughs) being knackered, I think. Anyway, right, on the show tonight, in part one, we try and explain how Chelsea battered United and only came away with a draw. We discuss whether Tuchel will ever make a goal scorer out of Werner. And we talk uh, Jorginho's atonement and Tommy Tuchel's dithering. Uh, In part two, we ask why can't... Uh, we why we why we can't beat uh, the worst United side in over thirty years. Uh, why United are a club of Gareths. Uh, those who know the show well will know what we mean when we say Gareth. It is a substitute for the uh, word uh, C to the U to the N to the T, as uh, Charlie Brooker might say. Uh, and it will not be. Uh, and will it not be? Uh, shall I try and read this? And will it be not taking our chances in front of our go- of goal or injuries to key players that might deny Chelsea their sixth Premier League title at the end of the season? I will try and get my teeth in sometime during the show. And in part three, we have the results of this week's Fannies for the United match, some questions from Discord and a couple of emails to read out. And to wrap up, we've got the winners and losers from our Premier Predictions League. And in part four... We round up the show with our preview of the Watford v Chelsea game on Wednesday night. So there you go. Now, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live. 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 Thank you. Every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which of course is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where of course you can join in all the chat by the lovely people who frequent it. And there are, as ever, many people there. Uh, Loz, Adam, Paul Burgess. Steve's in there, Albert II, not the original Albert II, I'm sure, uh, True Panks, uh, Mr. Stick, the legend that is Mr. Stick is there, marvellous, and oh, Mark's in there too, Eddie Mac, B-A-W-A, great, loads of people in there, So uh, and they all have a nice chat with each other, and they say far more intelligent uh, things than any of us do, uh, which is hardly a surprise really, anyway, we will be back to start talking about the United game after this short break. There we go. Um, yes. Guess what, JK? What? Guess what? We got the team selection wrong. <laughs> wrong. And who well, was who was the outlier? Who was the curveball this week, JK? It was one Timo Werner. It was one. Timo Werner. On repeat. Yes. Yes. yes, it was he who we didn't think would play because we thought that Pulisic and Zayek had done enough yeah. to continue. And uh, what went into Tommy's mind is is um, for, for for Tommy and his staff. It was very interesting watching 
uh, from right behind the the, uh, the dugout where he is because he he uses um, a couple of them in the front row as a kind of sounding board. So anything that happens, he always turns around and debates, and is then um, he's like a kind of stick insect. There's a there's a, a thinness to him that belies his role as a manager. You think he'd have chunkier uh, legs, but he. I, re I remember he, thinness. Yeah, 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 and he um, he. Uh, Yes, it's a dim and distant memory, isn't it? But he and he does a lot of when he's wearing gloves that are a bit fingerless. He does a lot of sort of hand pointing as if he's doing something slightly strangely sexual. But I don't want to go into that. But um, uh, it, it, he he's very, very animated, other than a bizarre 10 minute period where we're all shouting at him. Can you make a substitution, please? And he just sits there. And he sits there and he sits there. And they were already one. We're going to go on to that. And they were they were already one nil up. And we're screaming for the reintroduction of something. But as you said, we got it wrong. We got Chalabar right. We got um, well, everything else, right. really. Silver right. Everything else other than Pulisic and Werner. We did not think they'd play. We got Havertz right. We thought he'd be on the bench. We got Lukaku right. We thought he'd be on the bench. But um, and Rodoy was, was up front. And we... We just did not get the the uh, well, the curveball, as you put it, of Werner. I might I might have an answer somewhere as to uh, yeah I, I I I know I know I read it in a report somewhere. Um, oh, buggeration! I should I should put these things into the script, mind you. I found it after I'd done it. I think it might have been in the in the Times, but I uh, I mean I in his in his post match interview, he was basically saying. Um, that Havertz wasn't 100% fit, Lukaku yeah. isn't 100% match ready, which we knew. Yeah. We, we, yeah, we, we, knew said, yeah. we said Lukaku yeah. wouldn't start. Yeah. And he said, yeah. he said that he went with a gut instinct about, Luke, uh, about Werner because he's been scoring goals a lot in training. Yeah. So there you go. So, I mean, yeah. you know, that's what he gets paid for to make those decisions. So, I, I mean, you can't really grumble about the selection, but I mean, you can with 2020 hindsight, like we're going to do tonight. But uh, I can understand why he made it. I mean, the thing is, Tony, I mean, we, we said it. I mean, JK's fan bite, by the way, if you if you lot haven't seen, do you know what I might start doing? I might I might actually, as a little intro, start uh, running, running is it's only two minutes. You know, JK can go make a cup of tea rather than going on his rather dysfunctional <laughs> rant, which ends up in a completely different place from where he started. <laughs> and he can have a cup of tea while we're doing that. And I'll just play his fan bite right at the beginning of the show, because I have to say, and I know I keep blowing smoke up his rear end, but quite justifiably because, I mean, I know he puts a lot of work into it, but it, he just so aptly sums it up. And he did. He aptly summed it up in the fan bite. But Tony, sorry, mate, gone, gone off the point there. 20, 24 shots. You know, it kind of does show how absolutely on, on top we were. And we, and we were thoroughly on top for most of that game, like Tuchel mm. said. But we just cannot bloody finish it, mate. And they were all culpable. I mean, United managed three three on, on target all game. Yeah. One of which was that absolutely noncy kind of attempted chip over Mendy when Mendy had passed the ball to him, which actually yeah. should have made the should have made the salary moments because actually thinking yeah. back to it, it was hilarious. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it remind somebody said to me the other day, or the, I think it must have been this morning or something, that it reminded them of what we looked like last season. It you reminded know, me of what we looked like for several seasons in in the past. You know, one of Sarri's seasons as well, where we just 
you, you can have all the possession you want. You know, I'm sort of with Alan Shearer, have all the possession you want, but really the only stat that counts in the end is how many times you put the bat, ball in the back of the net. And and Werner wasn't the only one guilty of soft shots. Adoy should have scored uh, within the first few minutes. Yeah. De Gea, to be fair to De Gea, I know people think he's he, he's he probably is past his peak, but you know the bloke team, can still make a bloody good save, and and that was a good save. But you know, with a little bit more venom, a little bit more pace, he have lifted it, Tony. Should yeah, have lifted it over, shouldn't he? Exactly. Uh, you know, you don't get you don't get many chances like that, and I, and I get a bit sick of this pat cake bloody attitude that you see from players when they try to side it or pass it in, and you know all this sort of stuff as if it's the most nonchalant thing ever. Um, uh, I, 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 I'll say this now, but uh, a fit Eden Hazard would have ripped their arseholes apart yesterday. He would have absolutely terrorised and destroyed them. And we just don't have anybody close to that capability, that fearsome capability. Uh, and we just don't. So I think, um, you know, 24 shots. We've seen it before. You said it about the Burnley game. We sat there frustrated through that. Um and I just, I, I keep looking at it, but Werner and Lukaku were warming up nicely before they both got injured in the same game, as I recall. Um, in fact, not as I recall, I know they both got injured in the same game. So Werner's back probably a little bit earlier or whatever. I still say that Werner is just a man who can make an assist, who can play the ball in. Um, but we are always going to be at the, we're always at the behest of our defenders if we haven't got that big man up front, if we haven't got Lukaku, and it worries me. I've said it before. Well, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not absolutely, I'm not so sure about that. I mean, because you know, it's a very interesting point because my, I, you know, my next, my next discussion point is, is, you know, Werner is he a striker or not? I, I personally think no. But I, I mean, the only striker we've got is Romelu Lukaku. But I, I, I really think we have an issue at the moment, which is we don't have a system. Uh, that will, I mean, you know, I think we're asking Lukaku to, or we will be when he comes back properly. We're going to be asking Lukaku to adapt to us rather yeah. than us adapting to him, which is what normally happens when you have a great number nine. And of course, the reason being is he holds the ball up so brilliantly, as well as being a great goal scorer, and he gets players running in, you know, off him. But we don't have players who do that, and I think no. we, I think we are much better suited. It's no coincidence that we've looked absolutely fantastic since he's been out. Because actually, when you've got Havertz playing the number nine, and well, you've got any one of the other four playing either side him, he yeah. is harder to mark because he drops deeper, and they all interchange, and that's how we basically played under Tuchel yeah. last season. But if we'd have had Havertz yesterday, we would have had somebody in the box to meet the myriad of crosses that went in. There oh, when I, it would have I totally get that, but I don't right. think I but don't think Havertz and Lukaku are the make, same kind of player. There's another point that I just want to make here, which is I'm getting a little bit. You know, frustrated yesterday with the chances. We had 24 shots. We could have had 48 shots. Yeah. But for people looking for the extra bloody pass. And one of the culprits on that, where he had three or four clear chances of a shot, was Rubens Loftus-Cheek. Yeah, definitely. definitely. What is up with him? Has he got a fear of smacking the ball, trying to keep it up? Even if he puts it over the bar, which Zayech didn't seem to be too bothered about because he did it a couple of times yesterday. But at least he's having a plug. But Rubens off his cheek gets himself into a position where right in front of where I sit, Chidge, I can see he could have had a shot. No, he does a swivel, turns around, looks for somebody out on the wing. I know. It's so, a... you know, we, I think we, 
we are architects of our own yeah. downfall uh, in some ways by trying to be a little bit too fancy. I certainly, I certainly, I certainly shared your pain with that one, Tony, because I saw that a few times. Alex, I mean, I know, I know you weren't there, but that doesn't really matter for this question. Um, I mean, I think it's a very complex uh, situation about Werner. You know, I mean, we saw him last year and he couldn't hit, you know, he couldn't score a goal of his life, depended on it. He looked terrible. He he doesn't look much better now. I, I, I mean, I'm beginning to think he, I mean, personally, I'm beginning to think that we're, not, we're never going to get a tune out of him. Now, we, we had an interview with Nigel Spackman last season and Spackers does the, uh, or was doing the Bundesliga commentary or co-commentary for BT Sport. And he was saying, yeah, yeah, you see, the thing is about Werner, he needs to play, he's big man, little man, you know. He basically feeds off a big striker winning the ball and he gets the tap-ins. He's that kind of a player. Or he plays in a counter-attack side where basically we just make a break and he runs with it and he's basically got the keeper to beat. Well, we don't play that way at the moment. We haven't tried him with, uh, say, Lukaku. I mean, Havertz, I suppose you could say, but I think Lukaku would be the one. So I'm, I'm, I don't want to kind of, you know, be the man to condemn him to execution while there's still life. But there's a part, of, yeah. But there's part of me that's saying, you know, Jonathan and I on the 50 Years shows because we've been so blessed recently. We've been looking back at the era of Viali, and both Jonathan and I kind of picked up on the fact that because we've been watching all the games again. The great thing about Viali was he wouldn't waste a, a second to shoot. He would shoot early, which is why he scored so many goals. Whereas Werner takes about 500 touches. And then by that time, the defenders got in the way, which happened yesterday. I'm just going to be brutal now, Chidge. And Go on say, then. We all want him to do well. We all want all of our players to do well. It's not complicated. He's just not good enough. He's not good enough to be a talisman, which I think was all what we all wanted out of him and what we'd like to see him be. He's not one. At best... He's a plodder that will put a shift in for the team, but the amount of faffing he does means that there's probably a plodder that will do it better and cost less. And that's where I'm at now. I'm just like, as much as I, as much as he's funny and he's so German, it looks like he's doing a bad impression of a German and he seems like a nice guy. He is not that player that we all wish he'd be. Yeah. He's not. Okay, fair enough. Okay, JK, I, 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 you, I've been deliberately waiting last to come to you about this one, seeing if I can... You know, get you brewed up like a proper strong cup of tea. Well, no, it was it was lovely to hear Alex um, saying what I feel completely and what I have to say I've felt from the very beginning. You 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 give all these people chances because you all these people all these players chances because you want them to do well because they've signed for your club and they try. You can't. You have to say he tries. He does. But as Kesman tried. As um. Uh, I'm not sure about Chris Sutton. He seemed to sort of give up pretty early on. As Alan Mays tried, as um, Robert Fleck just seemed to be away with the fairies, but as so many of these strikers just weren't up for it, really. Up, I know up for it means that they, but they'd given up, up, up to it. And um, uh, and the, why I was so, why we were all so fed up, um, whether I'm jumping the gun here, but uh, Tuchel was, he, <clears throat> for some reason, he decided... You know, because we thought, in fact, he seems to work much better coming in from the wing. But he played him yesterday as the out-and-out striker. Yeah, he did. He did. And it was an absolute disaster. And you could tell it was a disaster um, up until half-time. So we thought there'd be a change. But perhaps he just somehow thought it would click um, while it was uh, nil-nil. Well, we, we, we were on top and we were bossing we were, it. We and were, we were, we were, you know, we were. Cre- it wasn't like we weren't creating anything. So I can Maybe. kind of understand why he did that. 
Indeed, indeed. But when we were one nil down, different story. And he, and he persisted with the same pattern. Yeah. And and I have to say, yesterday I was one of those who I know there's been a bit of um, of uh, of controversy about how Zayek played, and I thought Zayek actually had a pretty good game. Well, I'm I'm really glad I'm glad you mentioned that because I I, I remember when I when I saw your fan bite, I thought, oh, I'm not so sure about that. And then I saw Adam Newson saying in a tweet that seems to be a big split in the. Chelsea fan base today about whether ZH was good or not. Now, you thought he was good. So tell us why you thought he was good. I, I thought he was industrious. He got some very good centres in. He tried hard. He tried, well, he, he does try hard. He's got, and he didn't try too hard. There was a wonderful move he did at the end, I think, for uh, for a, a, another chance when he flicked the ball through and made a, 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 a brilliant opportunity for Mount. I think Mount then centred. Um, uh, I just thought he was... Uh, he needed somebody better. I mean, I'm afraid I know everybody was objecting to the fact that match of the day was so absolutely awful last night because they somehow oh, they made, out, they made out that United had played brilliantly <laughs> against yeah, us yeah. and then had a go at Werner and people were complaining. But but Shearer did actually say it, tell it like it is, which is that um, the words he used were, you know, he trains with James. You really think he would have worked out by now that James is very good at playing the ball in near post. So standing in the penalty area and not running in at all was just, you know, it's the it's it's I mean, at least Abraham used to get get into the near post and flick in. And you think, well, goodness, they got rid of the wrong player if he's going to be if he's just standing about, which is what he was doing. And you just think, well, what positives do we get from watching Werner's performance? He stands about in the penalty area. He delays all the time, as you say, Chidge, and doesn't shoot. And then when he has the most obvious chance, which is the one where it bounced to him on the edge of the penalty area with no player on him at all, and all he needed to do was hit it straight into the corner, and he did a kind of strange cutting across it so it was it was more it was easy easier to score than to actually hit it past the post was you just thought that this man this man is is I mean I I don't want to take this to his extreme but you don't want to have at the end of the season that we you know we miss out winning the 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 league by four points yeah, because yeah. you go there are the four points you know we've lost them and I just want want, want to say briefly I I think the, the saving grace for Tuchel, who I was actually very critical of yesterday, I thought because he totally cocked up the substitutions, should have got Werner off. But he is trying to manage injuries because, let's be honest, Alonso and um, uh, Loftus-Cheek don't come anywhere near. I think the way Alonso's playing at the moment, Chilwell and Kante, they just don't. So you're, you've got two subs in who don't, who, it's not, they're not quite good enough. Yeah. And so, but but he's having to manage all these games. And it may be that he's thinking, okay, what are the easier games that I don't have to slightly worry about players being injured? And it may be the league games. And he's actually going to say the most important games well, are the Champions I think he thought that United were pony and he would be right. And it, but he was right. And they were, they were absolutely shite. They yeah. were terrible, absolutely terrible. So if you, <clears throat> it's interesting that you talk about match of the day and how they tried to make out that Man United were good. Would you like to know what a Man United fan said to me 25 minutes in? I started getting texts from my fake husband, Rob. He said, I don't know how you lot aren't winning yet. The United defence is a fucking joke. 
This yeah. match is ridiculous. It's like watching Wimbledon in the 80s. And then when I made a joke about Jorginho's uh, error, which I guess we'll come on to, and I said, what the hell was he doing? He said, his very best Harry Maguire impression. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a United fan was going through watching it. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite crazy, isn't it? It really is. I mean, just to pick up on on Ziyech, I mean, I'd be interested. I mean, I mean, Tony, my my view on him was that yes, he he was very industrious. He really put himself about. I don't think you can blame him for passing it into a brilliant position where T- Werner was ten yards away from it. But I do, I did get very frustrated with him giving the ball away a lot. And you know, in in Tuchel's side, the way we play, you know that you you can't you can't be giving the ball away particularly to a counter-attacking side who you know because that's about all United can do but what did you think of him I feel the same way about Ziyech as uh, JK and um, Alex feel about Timo he's a waste of fucking space get rid of him anything for the defence get off the fence Tony his body language stinks he's, he's this, what's his left he's a left foot like a wand like a broken wand <laughs> that's what it is so I, I don't rate him I just think you know if you're going to if you're going to bring down I think Timo and Rom were, were starting to gel as a partnership a, a sort of Jimmy Floyd Ida thing going on there without the goals well it was starting to come together they, they were linking up they were starting to learn together and then both got injured in the game yeah that's true uh, and that was around about one of the times I was on the fan cast but Ziyech I don't, I don't see it I just don't see. I don't see any. Effort. Well, I, I think. I think we, we we said on Friday, and we were not wrong. I thought him and uh, Pulisic actually looked very good against Leicester when they came on. But then, you know, yeah. you could say, yeah, but Leicester were a beaten side by then. But you know, they still played well. They linked up together well. You know, Ziyech was finding Pulisic's runs in a way that you know Werner couldn't find his way out of a paper bag, basically. Yeah. You know, so it's a difficult one. Let's talk about Jorginho because what a what a game. Well, what a mixed game he had. I mean, I thought I thought Jorginho, you know, played played pretty well throughout the game. Actually, um, I have to say, um, I do have to say also that you know, like J.K. was alluding to, and he's absolutely spot on here. Alonso is no substitute for an absolutely banging banging form on fire Chilwell, and Ruben Loftus Cheek is. Obviously, no substitute for Kante. There isn't anybody in the world who would be. They're different players for a start, but Kante is just so streets ahead. But I think what 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 that you know it, it's very noticeable, isn't it? Um, you know, when Kante doesn't play with Jorginho, how exposed Jorginho can become because, of course, Kante does his running and clearing up for him, which allows him the freedom to be the yeah. brilliant player that he can be. You know, and there's no doubt. You know, I I I, I I've, I've changed my view on Jorginho a bit. I I think he is a very good. He's very, very, very good at what he does, basically. Um, but he kind of needs Kante to, you know, to, to protect him a bit. And, of course, without that, you know, without that, I thought he still played pretty well. However, here's the thing. I, I weirdly, because I, I, I was so fecking cold yesterday, I didn't bother writing any notes on my phone. Uh, apart from I, I tried to at half time. And one of the things I wrote down uh, in the first half was uh, we had a corner and uh, who did I see as the last man standing uh, in front of uh, Eduard Mendy? But yes. but Alonso. No, no, Alonso. Oh. And I thought to myself, why the fucking fuck is Alonso the last man, you know, in case there's a break on? I mean, he's good at, he's good at fouling people and taking them down. Maybe that's what the plan is. But if they put a ball over the top and Sanchez goes after it, he ain't catching him up. 
And anyway, then I saw in the second half, Jorginho there. And I'm thinking, why the fucking fuck is Jorginho standing there as the last man, uh, you know, last line of defence in case United clear the corner and there's a breakaway. And then as I was thinking that to myself, uh, Fernandez, odious little Gareth. There we go. Our first example of a Man United Gareth tonight, but Fernandez is up there, boots the ball up. And I'm, th- I'm sitting there watching it and thinking, oh, no, oh, no. And then, of course, he, he trapped it farther than I can kick it. And then it was, oh, no, I just knew the minute. And I just thought, bloody hell, why? Why? I mean, because, of course, you know, Kante's normally the last man standing, isn't he, at corners? You know, who can cover, you know, the ground like a like a hare. So there you go. But um, here's the thing, Alex. Go on. You've got a question? No, I was just going to say the brain <coughs> fart was Mikel-esque. Well, I, I, I don't think it was. A, I think, I, I mean, you, do you know what? I, I also thought, and you will have heard this too, I'm sure of that. But what they say, they what they always say with a, with a ball like that, don't let it bounce. Whatever you do, don't let it bounce because it can quite often bounce over your head and you can look a prick. Um, clearly, he's got a lot of skill. So he kind of tried to trap it as it bounced. And that's what caused the problem. Why did he not hoof it? I know you say that. To be fair, though, I, I wanted to punch him in the face when it happened. Um, on hindsight, on reflection, I look at it and I think, yeah, but his his touch is usually that good. It is. I mean, how is. often does he? I mean, that one was awful and it was a mistake and it was Mikel-esque in its clownery, its <coughs> Gareth clownery. Um, but how often does Jorginho really do that? Sucks for him that it happened in a big fixture like this, but then he does go on and redeem himself. Well, he, he does. But before before he does that, Alex, uh, Tony. I was just going to say, um, it's, it's the cold sweat of self-awareness. That moment that every single one of us on this call and everyone listening in has had when they fucked up, either at work or doing something, a bit of DIY. When you fuck up so badly, there's no one else to blame but yourself. And you you pour beads of cold sweat <laughs> because you fucking know what you've done. You know he knew the minute. It, I mean, he might, he might as well have just thrown his hands up because he he, he just he looked mortified. He did look Listen, mortified, didn't he? The, I I I watched. I remember when we lost five three to Arsenal. I remember JT taking a fucking air shot, uh, and I can't remember was it Van Persie or someone ran yeah. in behind him and slotted it home. Right, everybody's done it. Everybody's bollocks up in you general. See it on his face. He just wanted the ground to open exactly, up. Exactly, exactly, Alex. And in general, people want to pick on Jorginho as the new Mikel or the new David Luiz. They want their little boo boy. Some of the people, I don't, because I think what he did for the rest of the game, yeah. including converting the penalty, yeah. was pretty damn good. Anyway, before we get onto the penalty, J.K. Apparently, Tommy T said that he was blinded by the uh, the floodlights because the ball was so high. Are you buying that? Well, I think that's what he did. He, he made gestured towards the sky, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, but hang on. You and I play cricket. I've played a lot of cricket, right? Yeah. And how many how many catches in the deep have you dropped that have been skyers? Many. Don't, don't, thank you. That is the right answer. The wrong answer would have been more nunchage, you idiot. Uh, so we've all done it. Right? Yeah. yeah What's yeah, the yeah. first thing you say when you drop a catch like that in the deep? Oh, the sun got in my eyes. Yes. Oh, I couldn't no, even see. You do that business, should you do that business of, of running completely in the wrong direction? Yeah. And you just go, because you're thinking, actually, I think I'm going to get that one. And you think, no, I just lost I didn't sight see it. it. I didn't see it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. So I'm there not buying a, it, mate. I am well, not buying know, it. 
no, no, but, oh come on those floodlights are ridiculous if you ever look up they they are pretty obnoxious well funnily enough alex i haven't actually been in the middle of the pitch in stamford bridge to check one day maybe one day it's never too late is it let's be honest but you they never... are obnoxious it was it was a desperately pitch. dreadful boot up the pitch which people actually shouted out Hoof! because it was so high you just thought God, this is such a dreadful way of playing football, isn't it? It was Wimbledon. It was just let's hit the ball as far as we can up the pitch, and then hope, hopefully, we'll run up after it. Was a it clearance and oops, oops. <laughs> what a clearance! It was a clearance to no one, just a big. Well, that's the point. Tire. And guess what happens? Exactly what they were hoping would happen happens. There's a terrible error. Yeah. So you just you think, but you know, we I was just thinking, ah, oh, we've been so superior. They are so dreadful. What the fuck? Something will happen now, surely. Charlie Hughes would have been proud. Yes, yes. But, for the know, but it was so it was so absolutely, utterly, shambolically, ridiculously against the run of play, and so completely and utterly undeserved. And I mean the way that United celebrated and then wasted as much time as they could in getting oh, yeah. back. Oh. I mean, another exhibit exhibit B in the case for the prosecution. Uh, the proposition being Man United are a bunch of Gareths. Remember this for part two. We've had two so far, Fernandes and them celebrating. But there you go. Um, well, I mean, what I would say, you know, and I think Tuchel made a, a very good point of this in the presser as well, uh, didn't he, Alex? That, uh, you know, Jorginho, you know, got big balls. Because, I, I mean, there was a lot of people around me, and I have to be honest, me included, thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, he's going to miss this. He's missed the one against Italy. <laughs> uh, this is United, and we hate losing again. But he put it away beautifully, and in fair play to him, I have to say. He has got stones. He has. He has. I mean, I mean, you're right. He looked like a complete and utter Gareth when that error happened. And... Um, to bring it back and take a penalty and score. That's like Frank-like stones, that is, taking a penalty. I might change the title of tonight's show when it gets published to Gareth United. <laughs> all, all those in favour say all those in favour say aye. Yeah, yeah. Aye. The eyes have it. I did notice as well, Chidge, before the game, I did see Carrick's press conference. And one, I've never seen anyone with less of a personality talk for so long at a camera. And secondly, do, does anyone actually believe that Ronaldo isn't calling all of the shots in that dressing room? <clears throat> Absolutely. I think that's exactly what the problem is with the, with the club in general. Is essentially his answer to why isn't Ronaldo starting was because I asked him if he minded and he said it was okay. So he's yeah. on the bench. What? <laughs> what? Well, I, I... He's... He's become their Tino Esprilla, isn't he? Since he's gone in, it's unbalanced whatever. I think that's probably what's unbalanced with any good well, any good that Ollie did because he's just he's 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 about I was himself, very worried when about, I was worried when he he's when never I, been a fucking team player. When, yeah. Ever. When I when I saw him not starting, I was worried because I because he's been I mean, we said it on Friday, didn't we, JK? If Ronaldo's playing, then we can we'll have possession uh, you know, all game because There'll be well, nobody pressing the centre-backs and Silva will be pinging it upfield and yeah. then he wasn't starting. Like, oh, for fuck's sake, really? Yeah. Carrick's and figured that out. Yeah, he and he can be got, got out. out. Exactly that. Then he got involved in that wonderful piece of... Uh... Of uh, the, the, uh, a Taylorism of of immense proportions. That are we um, going to get to Anthony? Oh, Taylor? we are. We've got the Taylor report, part two. Yeah. The Taylor report. Yeah. The Taylor report. Man United are a bunch of Gareths. There's like there's much. There's it's all there, Alex. Don't as worry. As long as you've preserved a space. For I have. Ranting. I have preserved a space. <coughs> I have preserved a Taylor-esque space for the Taylor report. Excellent. J.K. Sorry. Continue. 
Steve no, I was just, I was just mentioning the the Taylor situation because that was right down below me once again, and Tuchel was. Uh, we're, well, we're when get... when uh, well, we'll get on to it in part two. Why not? Let's talk about Tommy yeah, T yeah. because I think you you alluded to this, and I agree with you. And I was doing my absolute fruitcake uh, up in gate seventeen, but I, I I wonder why a Tuchel waited until the seventy eighth minute to make any subs, noticing that United had made a few by then. Um, Pulisic and Mount came on. I also wonder what, I mean, you know, I, I wasn't, I was very, I was very ambivalent, conflicted by Ziyech, but I didn't think he should deserve to stay on. I mean, I, I mean, Hudson and Doyle didn't have his best game, but I, I'd rather he stayed on. But what well, I couldn't, I mean, what, what I couldn't understand, JK, really, why did, why did Tommy Tuchel dither? That's not like him. No, I, 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 I this was a chink in the armour. This was a sudden, this was me looking at him and thinking, I don't think you've got this right for the first time um, watching the team since he's been, since he's been manager. Um, uh, just because it repeated what had happened against Burnley, it, um, it was so apparent to me that uh, he needed a change of personnel and I couldn't understand why he was taking so long. And uh, all those around me felt the same and were just... Um, were uh, not abusing him, but verbally asking him whether or not um, he might like to make a, a substitution, especially from Werner. And therefore, continuing with Werner was a was a, a a mystery. It was mystifying. But I suppose he felt the more attackers up there, the better. But then you thought, hang on, if if all you need to do is take Alonso off and put Rhys James on the left, and then continue with Mount. And um, why didn't you do that a lot earlier? If you think that United aren't providing any, any attacking um, alternatives, why did you persist with, with, um, uh, with that structure? Why did you not put more, more forwards on earlier on? Mm. Alex? Uh, I would say it was so out of character for him and such a bad day at the office, or it looked like, it's got to be the fitness. He's got to have been looking at who's out there and knowing the fitness levels of who's on yeah, the bench yeah. and literally thinking, I can't get more than 15 minutes out of the car. Yeah, yeah, I think I you're right. 15 think... And I literally think he yeah. left it as long as he possibly could so that he didn't end up with a load of half Prox players running yeah. around out there. No, I, th I, think... I think he mentioned about Lukaku, actually, that he only... He, and he, Mount. He only had yeah. 10 minutes. He only had 10 but minutes. He's not a moron. And he doesn't make mistakes no. like that. No. And he, if he could have made those changes sooner, I think he would have done. I don't... Well, I think... it, it, it does beg a question, which we are actually going to ask in part two, interestingly enough. I, I, I mean, the other the, the other side to that, I, you know, I do wonder if, in a sense, uh, you know, whether whether we've, we, we've paid, we, you know, he was paying United too much respect, which is a dangerous thing to do with United because they are shit. They really yeah, are him. shit, you know? But the other side of that is I, I wondered if, in fact, he was, like I said earlier, JK, he was lulled in, in, in a sense, by the fact that we were absolutely battering. And he must have been thinking, oh, we're bound to score another three or four in a minute, you know, JK? Well, you'd have thought so, given uh, um, uh, our, the number of goals we scored recently. But once again, you use the Burnley game as an example. Mm -hmm. um, and he hasn't got... Um, he didn't have the containing aspect. I mean, if if we'd got the penalty and 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 Jorginho hadn't given the given that goal away, it'd have been a one nil victory because they would never have scored in a month of Sundays. I'm wondering about. I thought there was that period once again at the end where I thought suddenly they were they were dominating for a reason that I was was beyond me. But um, but no, I, I, I I'm 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 at a 
I mean, I think that's the answer. I think you're absolutely right, Alex, that I think he was just thinking, um, uh, I have to keep this, this pattern on because um, the, I don't think the players are going to last if they come on earlier. And, I, and I'm worried about injuries as it is. But the truth is, even after, we had a five-minute wobble after the goal, right? After they scored. Yeah, yeah. They we were on, did. They were on top. We, we were we giving did. the ball away. We, we were, did. We did. We panicked. Yeah, we did panic. And there was, there was a, but it, it um, you know, it regressed, regression to the mean. It came back to normal after that. And I just wonder whether or not, he, you know, someone's just said on, on Mixo, you got lost in the moment and thought, do you know what? This team has been playing pretty well this game. It might just click together. So I think a mixture of that and the Rom's only got 10 minutes in him. Mason's just coming back. Pulisic as well. You know, they were impact subs at the end, all of whom I thought played well. I have to say, you know, I did think, I thought Mason looked particularly sharp. Um, I think we, we come back to what I was talking about earlier, which is yeah. that he's managing the team for playing the best games. So perhaps the, the best team comes up for the Champions League. Perhaps he actually says, I want to have the team at its best who's available and, and I'll manage them accordingly. And some games, perhaps he's looking at the games, well, uh, it just so happens we'll, we'll lose points, but that's the only way I'm going to keep them all fit for the remainder of, remainder of the season. Perhaps it's that intelligent yeah. and I'm being very unfair on him. Alex? I was just going to ask if I could bring this part to a close, Chidge. We're telling our listeners, because they can't see this right now, that Tony Glover's eating chicken wings. No, I'm not eating toast, it's toast. Pate whatever on toast. it is he's eating, the way he's ripping it with his teeth and that is the most sexual thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm, I'm speechless. It's the manliest thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, your wish, your wish is... My smoked salmon bagel earlier on. <laughs> your wish, your wish, Alex, is my command because we are now going to go to a break. But before that... I'm, uh, I'm flustered as well now. I've got a couple yeah. of, uh, a couple of uh, notices to read out. The first one is, of course, this week's At Football underscore prizes competition and uh, as you'll know because i tweeted out on friday uh it's the chance to win a frank lampard signed and framed boot and very sexy it is too now the tickets are six pounds 95 p each and the draw ends at 7 30 p.m on wednesday the 1st of december that's this wednesday uh, and to go and buy a ticket you need to go to footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash lampard hyphen boot and what happens is they have 99 tickets usually or around that figure on sale so you can buy as many as you want you know you buy all 99 if you want then you're guaranteed to win it but that'll cost you a fair few quid if you did uh but you have to buy one but you can buy any more than that if you want and then they then your number you have a number you buy a number basically and that goes on a little ping pong ball and it all goes whizzes around in this kind of tombolary type thing and they stop it and they pick a number out and if your number is the one that's picked out you win it that's for sure. So there we go. It's worth entering. Uh, so do, do go do and do that uh, uh, before Wednesday at 7.30pm. That's the cutoff. Anyway, now the second one is a special. We've got a Christmas special coming up from uh, our friends at uh, Art of Football. And we've teamed up with them uh, to give away a £30 gift card. Now, those of you who've been following us for a while will know that they do absolutely brilliantly uh, at making these fantastic t-shirts and other sorts of merch uh, i mean for, for example i've got a brilliant one of drogba taking that penalty in munich uh, and then there are all sorts of others like that they've got eden hazard ones zola ones you name it they're really beautifully designed t-shirts anyway so you'll get a 30 pound gift card in the giveaway now what you have to do uh, and you know i'm giving the mixler people in particular an early heads up here 
uh, because uh, as soon as the show's finished, I'm going to tweet this, and this is how you enter, all right? So uh, you have to follow, and this is the tweet that will go up. You have to follow art uh, underscore of underscore football and at Chelsea Fancast and retweet this tweet, and the winner will then be announced on the uh, 6th of December, so I think that's next Monday. And, of course, they've got their URL, art-of-football.com. So, basically, you just have to follow us and them and retweet the tweet, and all the people who retweet it will, will get into go into a draw, and we will pick the winner next Monday on the show. There we go. Simple. Now, after this very short break, we will be back for more football. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stanford Chidge, and uh, with me tonight are the uh, wonderful Smut Buddies, Tony Glover and Alex Churchill. <laughs> and the uh, the Grand Fromage of the Chelsea Fancast, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, am I coming bear? I think so. I think so. <laughs> Only the poshest and stinkiest of cheeses, James. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or he could be a Cardinal Rochefort. Nah, no thanks. Nah, no. I'm trying to remember that horrible, stinky, offensive stuff that Johnny Dyer's obsessed with. Um, it would be that. Yeah, yeah. But there you go. It's lovely to have him here. Now we've had fun so far. Lots to talk about, of course, and uh, still plenty to come uh, tonight. Uh, and I'm going to start with this. Uh, I mean, do you know what? Do you know what really 
I mean, I can't. I'm really, well. I'm going to get onto how much I hate United in a minute. But what really pisses me off so much about about yesterday is 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 it wasn't it wasn't just yesterday that we were playing a a, a really crap United side. You know, I mean, I think I think all under under Ollie's uh, tenure, uh, they were pony. I mean, they weren't that much better under Mourinho, but uh, certainly under Ollie. So how the hell? How the hell is it? That now, I mean, Jonathan and I said this on Friday, didn't we, JK? The last time we beat them was in November 2017 with an Alvo Morata goal. So Conte was in charge, right? So how come we've had five draws and three defeats to them in the league against what is probably over that period of time, I would say, and you will know, we're all, we're all old enough to know this, that is the worst United team I have seen since the early 90s. So, so before Fergie got it right and won the cup. Yeah. How does this happen? How has that happened? Well, but, but we've, we've gone through all the reasons why it happened yesterday. But over that period of time, it's just you mental. Wonder, no, absolutely. But you wonder whether it's a, it's, um, uh, it's a mental thing. You always wonder why do certain teams have, a, have the hold over? Why did Arsenal have the hold over us for so long? Yeah. Why did we manage to beat Spurs for so often? Is it, a, is it a psychological thing? The team goes in thinking, oh, dear. Their reputation is that they beat us, so perhaps we'll just. Well, maybe 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 the thought is, oh no, Anthony Taylor's the referee, so it's like playing twelve men. Oh no, they always get a spawny decision. Oh no, they always get a spawny bit of luck, and they had a spawny bit of luck yesterday. Absolutely, that that could happen. That ball from Fernandez could happen ninety-nine times. Well, a hundred times, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, Jorginho will clear that. Mm, I mean, that's luck, mate. And they have a hell of a lot of luck against us, I would I think say. Prior to that last win, though, didn't we have quite the Indian sign over them? We think we we no. were one of the best records. At oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Tony, Tony, we've got the best record against United out of anybody in the Premier League, going yeah. right back to '92. Yeah. So we've we have historically, and we were doing we did well against them in the '80s, if you yeah. remember Kerry's goals in '85 and all that kind of schmozzle. So mm. I don't know. But I think JK's got a point, Tony. I think they, they have become a bit of a bogey side for us. You don't you can never cater for what's going on in the back of a player's mind. And 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 if that if that becomes cum- cumulative through the team, you know, in that there's that psychological barrier. And you know, you could say, well, there's been times in the last few years when we've put out sides I think I think Spurs could have done us with, but they didn't. Right? Because in here, they know they've got a shit record against us. And maybe that's what it is. It just, I, I mean, when I stood with you outside the stall, I said to you, and I can't, I think I said it to, to um, uh, Chuckles as well. Am I the only one, right, at this ground today who thinks we might well have a tough game against this lot? You know, and, and, but the truth is, we made it tougher on ourselves. We're the architects of that as well, you know, apart from anything else. Um, you can, you should. Ne- I'm old enough to know. You can never write Manchester United off, no matter how shit they are. Yeah, anybody who watches any game of football has to realise at some point it's eleven versus eleven. It's why you get giant killings. It's why you get shock results. Um, and and I just think that perhaps that's where where we are with United. You know, maybe yesterday will go some way. I mean, I hope. I hope to God the the team are burning with anger and 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 frustration so that they can knock the two W's out of the way in the next couple of days, yeah? Um, and then all will not seem so bad. You know, but when I got back to the car yesterday, my mate said to me, we battered them 1-1. We did, you know? But 
it, it, when you have such profligacy in front of goal, when you're just wasting chance after chance or not even trying or not taking them or whatever, um, United, I think in the script you've got it there, right? Burnley, right? Bolton. You can name any number of teams that have come to us and frustrated the living shit out of us. And that's what they did yesterday. And, and we, as much as anybody else, seem to fall for it. Yeah, I don't, I think it just annoys me even more because I mean, you know, I think Tim Rolls always uh, is very eloquent on this on Twitter, and and uh, you know the first game he saw, I think for you know first Chelsea game he saw was against United back in the sixties, and you know a lot of us have grown up with this. They're the biggest club in the world, blah 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 blah. There's an awful arrogance about them. Um, and and you know I hate losing to United. I've been on the end of a few, and it and it just really riles me. And uh, you know the other thing about them, which I'm going to go into in a minute, which is why they're such a bunch of Gareths. But uh, Alex has got her hand up, and I, how can you? How can a man refuse Alex with her hand up? Oh, many do. Believe me. Um, <laughs> you know what it is. You expect Burnley to shit house you. You expect Stoke well. to shit house you. It's insulting when Manchester fucking <laughs> United, who love themselves like they do, rock up telling you about their 1920 whatever it is fucking league titles and how they're the best team in the world. And then they shit house you like Burnley. It's an insult. Mm. Because it actually shows you what they're produced to these days, but they still, in their heads, think that there's something special, and that's why it's that's why it riles you so much. Well, it's so true, so so eloquently put, and I think I think that's another one to add to the list, actually, of why uh, are Man United such a club of Gareths? But it's maintained by the media as well, Chips. The very fact that that match of the day can be so with with myopic select, but not only that, selective editing. To make it look as if they were <coughs> even decent, it made them look as if they, it was a plan that they had, that, and that somehow that that Carrick, in in his two two game tenure of management, was a was some kind of genius, and perhaps they should continue with him because look, they'd they'd won a game against Villarreal, and there they were holding <coughs> the, the league leaders to a one-one draw. Look at that. When, of course, that wasn't the reality in the slightest. It was absolutely... Well, you've got to remember where, where BBC Match of the Day is made Yeah, these days, you know. They, they moved like the BBC... Up, the road from Old Trafford. Yeah, they moved, they moved uh, BBC up to Salford since Salford, when... Yeah. yeah, you know, it's BBC Manchester since then, you know. Um, so, I, therefore, I would warrant you that there's a huge amount of production staff who who've come from Manchester. So that makes it kind of weird because we know that no Man United fans come from Manchester. So I don't know. Yeah, you'd have thought they'd have. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's, I really desperately want to get onto this why Man United are a bunch of Gareths. Because, uh, uh, I mean, you know, this is the point, isn't it, JK? All of us, we've, we've followed Chelsea for many, 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 many years and they've always been horrible. Horrible, horrible team. Horrible, horrible fans. Horrible, horrible club. They well, really are like- loathsome. It's entitlement, though, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Because they Arrogance. Success, yeah. Arrogance. They, believe, they came off that pitch with the 1-1 with a swagger, absolutely um, an excessive swagger, uselessly comparable with what they'd, the performance they'd put in. You would think that they'd absolutely deliberately played that way and played marvellously, the way they <laughs> strutted about the pitch going up to their fans. And it was... Uh, they're conning themselves that they're they're a terrible side as you say and therefore it makes it all the much more bitter for us not having beaten them five nil 
you know they did that's that was the kind of performance they gave they they should have been absolutely put to the sword by us and we didn't do it yeah i know i mean the the other thing that was really i mean and this has been a pattern for i mean you know we can go back to uh probably the only decent piece of refereeing i've seen in the last 15 years when michael oliver uh sent uh herrera off herrera. you know because they were fouling in rotation thinking he wouldn't realize and he knew exactly what was going on and he sent him off for a really innocuous foul after his first yellow remember that yeah. but you know th- this is the thing about them you know they're shitheads shitheads full of shithousery and i thought yeah uh, sunday was no uh you know was was an absolutely good example of that the number of nasty niggly fouls that fred mctominay matic were doing not snide file fouls is how i would dis- you know what i mean you know if somebody goes in for a 50 50 and, and smashes you they're going for the ball fair enough but they all of united's fouls seem to be snide and uh the cheating and the diving i mean fred's penalty claim i mean how Rudiger didn't smack him one, I don't know. And then crowding the referee, a classic United trait that we've seen for years and years and years. It was I mean, eight of them crowding uh, Taylor, probably wondering why he wasn't giving everything to them, no doubt, like he normally does. And then there was the time-wasting. Horrible, horrible, horrible team, horrible players, horrible club, a club full of Gareth's, Alex. And did that not make it all the more satisfying right at the end when McTominay got a ball straight in the full pelt yes yes I was hoping that he wasn't going to get up really but that might have been a bit harsh the I actually was, think he was faking it a bit I don't think yeah. it hit him that hard nevertheless the ball hitting him in the chops it, did it make suited it their momentum it suited their their shithousery it suited their time wasting because the linesman the linesman the, talk about, the fourth the fourth official gave the five minutes in the middle of McTominay still lying on the ground and Tuchel objected. And so, in fact, Tuchel didn't, one of his henchmen did, because if he'd objected, he'd have been sent off because he'd already been booked and went up to, to the fourth and said, why are you doing it now? You've got to wait, wait until he recovers. And he's uh, because then the five minutes will start. And he said, I suppose, um, I could see what was the conversation. He said, um, well, no, I'm doing it now because the 90 minutes is up. But then you knew that you knew that Taylor would not add that injury onto the five minutes you just knew it and he didn't because that is the way their minds work as referees i've given my five minutes it's five minutes yes but there was a foul at the beginning you need to add it on no he didn't do that yeah it's it's kind of so typical really and they really do uh they just they drive one up the wall i'm trying to find this brilliant post that uh somebody put on here on Mixler earlier on and uh, as always I'm struggling to, to find it and we'll, and we'll probably have to give up because I can't find it you, you're all posting far too much tonight here we go found it it's actually uh, Royal Brew and I remember this from uh, earlier on he said if Timo doesn't score more than once in the next five games he'll equal Batshuayi's goal record at Chelsea there oh you go. my god so it oh wasn't god. it wasn't relevant to what we're talking about now but I knew it was good now I've just seen a great one by uh, Mark who says uh the media obsession with Man United is why they're on TV more than anyone else and lazy TV execs just chasing viewing figures no matter how awful they are to watch. I think that's absolutely spot on. Now, it's time for the Taylor Report. We should get a jingle for this, shouldn't we, JK? <laughs> um, anyway, um, I just thought could it was... Could it not be something like... What's the um, other one? Uh, the, the clown music. 
Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I just thought I don't think he was particularly particularly shit for us per se, actually, on Sunday. But I just thought it was his usual hapless, incompetent display. I'm amazed we 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 got a pen actually, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. But it, well, well, mind you, look, looking back on it, you know, it, it, it was. Uh, I think the linesman gave it because he he had gone. He'd done his usual thing of going up the pitch, which is what he always seems to do in these instances. He hadn't made the decision. He didn't see it and make the decision. He went further up the pitch and then he got the buzz in his ear from the linesman saying it's a penalty, which I thought, oh, my God, they're working together as a team. Because he then went back and gave the pen and then VAR, or perhaps even the buzz in his ear from VAR. Somebody gave him the the, the buzz that it was a penalty. And then when he saw it back, yes, um, it, 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 what's his face? Um, Basaka, whatever his name is, the Basaka, yeah, um, kicked kicked him instead of the ball. It's a penalty. But as you say, the ridiculous reaction of all the United players to actually engulf him, which is all supposed to be be yellow carded. These things. That's what the. No, but not if you're actually, not if you're United, mate. No, indeed. Well, it, uh, it was ever thus. If you remember when Chelsea did it, yeah, we all get booked. Ago, everybody got booked, and then we were we, we were fined twenty thousand yeah. for. For engulfing the referee. Yeah. One no. rule for them, another yeah. rule for everybody else. Yeah, yeah, but then you got into the, the, the to go back to the Ronaldo thing when Ronaldo was, I would say, a yard offside. Oh, so easily. I mean, mate, I could see it was offside from yeah. where I sit. Uh, yeah, when I was directly in line with it, and I thought and, he, I thought he let the game flow a bit. I thought he dished out more yellows to United than he did to us. I think the offside was offside. That's the lino's job to pick that out. That's the Whenever lino's he, job. If the lino he, hasn't told him, he can't make that decision based on what he thinks if he's not up or he's not absolutely dead. I think I think um, he favoured them no more than he favoured us. Uh, 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 I, I didn't notice him for most of the game. Yes, it was an offside, but that is not his role to pick that out. He, he, he read these refs, the linos, that's what they're there for. They are there to buzz and say, that's offside. That shouldn't be a corner following that because that, that passage of play was offside. And, and yeah, I don't think he can be blamed for that. I really don't. I'm going to defend him a bit. Well, here I just blame him still, smart buddy, for being a slaphead knob. <laughs> he is that, but... Yeah, he Jonathan, is that, Jonathan but... explain to us what... Go, go back to the, the, the offside, right? I mean, but, I, I think Tony's got a point that it's the linesman's responsibility, but is this to do with but, VAR or just the well, linesman no, being well, an idiot? Well, then this is where the disparity is. Yeah. What should happen is is that, that it's called an on-field decision. So, in other words, if if the goalkeeper palms the ball round the round the corner for a, 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 a round the round the post for a corner, and the referee gives a goal kick, you can't go to VAR and say no. Look, it's a it's a corner because it's an on-field decision and they leave that to the ref. I have to say I'm completely bemused why this is the case. I think they've said because it takes too long and why VAR can't, can't just say in that moment, um, goalkeepers goalkeepers pushed it round, it's a corner. Go with your, go change your decision. But no, it's considered an on-field decision. Aren't they supposed to be, because I mean, they're not putting their flags up quickly now because they're letting the yeah. phases of play go, right, Alex? Yeah, so this is what I'm saying. So they have been told to keep their flags down. So he keeps his flag down and doesn't flag him offside when he's clearly offside. How he then, how the rules allow him to then be given a corner when yeah. he was offside in the fucking first place yeah. 
is just knobbery. And it, I mean, to be fair to Smart Buddy, it's not knobbery about Anthony Taylor. It's raw knobbery. If they're told not to put the flag up, then you can't mm-hmm. give them the decision. You need to take it back, don't you? Because you've told him not to flag. Yeah. But he, what he should have done in this instance was the second that the ball went out for the corner was he should have put his flag up. But Tuchel said as much, didn't he? That was why he got booked. Yeah. I mean, that's what he, he said. From you, you from that corner, we could have conceded and lost the game. Yeah, yeah and also, not only that, it meant the momentum went to United yeah. for the ne- yeah. next totally. three minutes three minutes of the game, um, where and it was, it was only five minutes to go, and we would have got the ball from a goal kick and booted the ball up the pitch, and we would have been attacking. And the way we were playing, mm. the chances where they were playing, which was terrible, and where we were playing, we'd have had a chance. There would have been another chance yeah. in that fight. I, I was doing my nut, JK, at that moment, because exactly for those reasons, it was just appalling. I mean, the other thing that annoyed me, and I, this is a Taylor trait, actually, Tony, so I, I, I applaud you for trying to defend him, but I, I, I noticed this with Taylor more than any other referee. The number of times he doesn't give a foul uh, you know, from yesterday's example, a United player fouling a Chelsea player and therefore they win possession and set, they set up an attack. The number of times he doesn't blow up for a foul on us and the other team then goes to set up an attack, which is often quite dangerous, is uncanny for me. It's uncanny. It cannot be just coincidence. Now, OK, I accept they're not all fouls, but I mean, the number of times that happens and they then go on a dangerous attack. Because, of course, we're out of position. You know, it's like, it's like you know, he, he, if you intercept the ball, fair enough. But if it's dubious because it's a foul, it seems to be to be grossly unfair. They can't all not be fouls, surely, JK. I think, what, even to defend him, I think he's slightly in a, a different intellectual world from other referees. And he thinks that he is this case because... He does give a lot of, um, he does allow the game to flow and then bring it back, which I don't see many referees doing at all. So he actually plays advantage quite a lot. And he's always trying to, to toy with the laws and work out what actually happened. It's well, like when, uh, was it Sanchez or, uh, um, um, in, the, uh, in the FA Cup final and he hit him on the hand and went and it was deflected and then it scored. He spent several seconds thinking about the laws you could see him applying this and he did this recently in the international game he 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 said he spent ages working out whether the ball had been passed back for an offside or whether it had hit the player so there's clearly something about him that is is that of the thinker that is his reputation amongst all all the peer group all the other referees so and and he 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 shows that on the pitch by having these these moments where you think that was a foul? Oh, um, what's happened? Oh, he's taken that, taken it back to the original foul. So there's a positive thing going on there about him. But I think it creates these anomalies, Chidge, and you're absolutely right. I think that's exactly what happens yeah. every time because he's almost overthinking it. You could be and, right. Uh, you know, I I, I I still think it makes him shit. I have to say, but mm. I, I I think it's because he's trying to to be to be clever frequently mm. on the pitch. All right. Okay. Let's. What? Well, yep. Yeah. What, what, what? So he's the new Clattenburg, basically. Mm, I think he's worse think than even Clattenburg. So the, the positive about Clattenburg, Clattenburg was Clattenburg was always up with play. To yeah, give him he was. All right, I'm going to move on to the conclusion of tonight's talk about the United game. Uh, the first bit really is, uh, uh, you know, really go, going back to the, where we started, really, which is we'll, we'll not being able to finish Costas the title. I mean, 
that last two home league matches we dropped four points when really we should have won and i mean jk made that very good point if we if we're four points short but come the end of the year then it'll be these two games we might look at i, I mean the, the point is this i mean we you know Right here and now, right now at this minute, Chelsea Football Club have still not solved the goal-scoring slash striker goal-scoring <coughs> issue. You've got Werner, who we think is probably not good enough. I think there's a question mark about Havertz. I think he's, he will be good enough. There is a question mark with Lukaku because we, we haven't – I mean, because he was injured for the last few weeks, we don't know. But, you know, I don't think – we don't know. That's the point. We don't know. I, I still think there's a bit of an adaptation to go. Mount, being off the boil, not scoring a lot of goals – Pulisic injured half the time and you know we know he can but he's not scoring a lot of goals and Ziyech again as well you can put him so that's all of our apart from Hudson-Odoi I mean you could put him in there too actually you know so all of the players who are nominally are attacking players not one of them can you sit here confidently say yeah he'll get us 20 goals this season we just can't and that was the problem that hang on Tony that was the problem at the beginning of the season we need somebody who can guarantee us 20 goals where's it coming from from that lot Tony well I I I I think we've been, we might be a bit over. I think we've we've suffered with home form before. We did it under Frank. We did it under Sarri. Uh, I think there's, for some reason, the players wobble a bit more at home. Maybe the pressure with the fans and, and everything. I don't know. Um, and that we said it before. I think last year, especially during the pandemic, there was a freedom about them uh, when they were playing away. They just seemed to be less pressurised by it. Now, look, we scored seven against Norwich, four against Juventus, three against Leicester. That doesn't sound to me like a team that has a problem scoring. No, 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 my point is... It's relevant. Whilst I agree with you, I flagged up right from the beginning of the season that you we sold Tammy Abraham and bought in Lukaku, right? But we've lost other strikers. We need we, we lost Giroud. So we've now put ourselves down. We've got Romelu Lukaku, our only... Our only out and out striker, number nine. He is. He's the only one. Mm. Right. So without him, you're either saying in this modern arse gravy bollocks football way, well, we can get goals from all over the pitch. But if you don't, like yesterday, you end up suffering. Oh, yeah. Me, I'd have said I, I, I stick by it, and I know I'm I'm massively in the minority here. Um, I would fucking go out and get Eden Hazard back and get him fit so we've got him even as an impact sub. Or, failing it, we need someone who can come and hassle people. And the player I like the most, without splashing that £100 million on Alvin Garland or whatever his name is, okay, is go and get that Ivan Tony from Brentford because he's an old-fashioned battering ram striker. He can take a penalty. We, we just can't... I think you're right. I think it will cost us. Right. If we don't resolve this. Well, I was going to say, Tony, saying, the, the point that I, the point, out, Tony, got, Tony, yeah. the point that I wanted to come into, because it is relevant to what you're saying, actually, because, you know, we, we, there is mitigation here, believe it or not, because, you know, right now, the only team in the league that scored more goals than us is Liverpool. Yeah. They've got, they've scored 39 goals and we've scored 31. We've got, we've got four more goals than City. So, you know, I think everything that we have just said is absolutely true. And yet, we've still scored all of these goals. So, goal scoring per se, yeah, well, you know, because we're scoring them from all over the park. So, I think that that's the point. If that continues for the rest of the season, Tony, then we'll be okay. Yeah. But but I I don't know. Maybe it's because we're all too old now. I I, I just think that strikers are there to score goals. (laughs) Am I wrong? Oh, yeah. If, if If your eggs are in one basket and he's out for three, four, five weeks... 
then you are hoping that the likes of your false number nines and all that sort of stuff will get you the goals. And, and I just think, like yesterday and like against Burnley, unless you've got someone with, with a proper killer instinct, name me, name me another player in the team other than that, that's got that absolute out-and-out killer instinct that you know, you know is going to get a chance at goal and shoot and not look for the extra fucking pass. Because that's what does my name. Yeah, yeah you've got a clear man. shot at a keeper. Look, you might not beat the keeper, but you might force him to spill it. Yeah, and and you don't. You look up or you think, oh, I'll just play that extra pass, and it frustrates the no, living no. shit this out of me. Sometimes, sometimes, Charlie Hughes is right. Sometimes you just need a fucking battering ram to go in there, hassle them. Look, the, the master of that was Giroud. They hated him. Defenders hated him. He wasn't the fastest. He didn't need to be because he was always in there. Always trying to take, and he had a turn on the ball but to take a shot the, the, when he wanted it. This is not how Tuchel. I mean, look, look how many times did well, Tuchel well, play Giroud? You want an opinion? I think Tuchel's wrong then. Well, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he's won one more trophies than you and me, mate. That's for sure. Well, uh, Alex, um, here's an interesting kind of swerve on this point, which is in a in a tight a tight title race, which I think this one is going to end up being. You know, given that Liverpool, City and us are probably going to fairly comfortably and easily beat most of the uh, other teams in the league, then it could be that the title comes down to how we do against the other sides competing for the title. And at the moment, we've drawn away against Liverpool, which was a brilliant game and a brilliant result in the end of the day because we were down to 10 men, but we we, we drew there. We've lost 1-0 to City. And now we've drawn against United. I mean, I don't think United are going to be competing for the title, but you know, I'm just wondering. I wonder if if it's the you know we need we need a scalp. We need to go and beat one of one of our title rivals. I think so. I think it might well come down to that. I think it will. Um, I think yeah, it's unfortunate we haven't taken it yet. But like you say, against ten men at Liverpool, um, and City just outplayed us. Yeah, they were very good. They beat us fair and square. I. And they also they had something to prove after the Champions League final as well. I think against us, there was no way that Pep was going to lose that game. He set out. I mean, he was determined, wasn't he? Yeah, it was their cup final because they screwed yeah. the actual cup final yeah. up. Yeah. We still got to play them both this season. Yeah, at we'll home points either of them. Um, they've pissed away points as well. We're not the only ones doing it, um, but we do need to stop doing it. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because out of our, our you know, we won nine, drawn three, and lost one. So the loss was to City. Uh, we've drawn against Liverpool, Burnley and Man United. So those are the other three. But, uh, you know, City have won nine, drawn two, lost two. And Liverpool have won eight, drawn four and lost one. So there we go. It's going to be close. Now, JK, the other side of this particular coin is the will it be uh, not being able to finish that cost us the title or will it be injuries that cost us? Because... You and I, you know, are absolutely at one with this because you said it in the fan bar and, and you said it again today. We seriously missed Chilwell and Kante. We had a bad feeling on Friday that we that might be the case. But actually, here's the other thing. I, I can't remember the lad who put this up on Twitter, so forgive me to whomever I have stolen it from. So, though so far, we've had injuries to Lukaku, Mount, Werner, Chilwell, Kante, Kovacic, Pulisic, Ziyech, Mendy and Havertz. So on the one hand, you could be saying, shit, that's a lot of injuries we've had to contend with. On the other, you could say, that's amazing. 
considering we're actually one point uh, you know ahead at the top of the table at the moment and we've managed to cope with all of those injuries but there is it is a worry that and the number of games we've got coming up and the club world cup and etc and etc to be fair I, I i think you were the one who said about um uh, alonso and on Chief. friday yeah, I actually yeah. said I, I had confidence in them. Yeah, but you, earlier I, on today, you were you would you changed your no, mind. No, no, cha- I've changed my mind. Yeah. I changed yeah. my mind having watched them. I thought this isn't working in the same way. It makes you realise how. Um, well, I think they would have worked better had had Kante been playing, as you say, because it would have it, it, they would. Oh, even Kovacic have been playing. Um, no, I think I think I think the um, clearly the club management of injuries will be very important for the season, and it may be that we are. Um, we're getting worried too soon and that with hindsight at the end of the season, we'll appreciate that um, all the other teams above us or um, not even above us, we're obviously we're top, but around us, the competitive teams will have injuries and we are actually managing it better than them. I think that is something that we should be aware of. And perhaps we're, we're having a bit of a knee jerk reaction to something. I think we're all really pissed off that we didn't whoop, uh, arse against United yesterday because yeah. we all can't yeah. stand them and I think the yeah, emotional the yeah. emotional quotient I can only speak for myself but I know you lot pretty well but emotions run high in that sense I mean the re- I think you're right about that I think actually that stat about the injuries is interesting because we've had a huge amount already and yet we've managed to cope I mean I am worried about Kante longer term and I don't and I do think it's really very 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 annoying that Chilwell's now going to be out for a long time, potentially long, you know, we know until until the new year, but possibly longer, when he was on such good form. And I do think that Chilwell and James are fundamentally the reason why we've been playing so bloody well over the last few weeks. Well, they've been scoring so yeah, often. You know, well. So I think that's a blow. But, uh, you know, I, I look, Tommy Tuchel, he was not phased at all after the match. He was perfectly happy. He wasn't happy because he didn't want to want to only get one point when he wanted three as well. But he was not panicking at all. He was like, well, look, we played brilliant. Another day we, we, we beat them 4-5. And I think he's right. And if Tommy's happy, I'm happy. Uh, Alex, Tony, have you got anything to add to that? Tony, you're on mute, mate. I, I think that there is a tendency. This could be our blip. <laughs> but bloody sure, I hope. Well, it could be, and and if it is a short one, brilliant. I just think that it's too early to panic. We are still, I think, have we still only conceded something like five or six goals this season? I can't five goals, that, but... I think. But let me just check. Yeah. We have conceded five goals. There you go, and uh, and we're at the arse end of November. So I'm I'm not hitting the panic button. I'm I'm calling in to question some of the things around strikers and and, and stuff like that, and our our profligacy in front of goal rather than you know having a bloody stab and give it a go whatever but then like I said you look at the goals only Liverpool have scored more than us and they have got Salah who is you know lethal you know one we let slip through the net there I think but there you go um so I think I think it's, it's too early to tell I still think it is between three teams this season for sure you know um but uh, you know, I I I don't want to hit any panic buttons. And, and if two calls it in panic buttons, I think we'd all know about it. But he is no. I think I think I think he he's a, he's a realist and he's a good 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 guy. Um, Alex, final word for you on on this. I you know, emotional, yes. Panicking shouldn't. We'll be all right. We're top of the league. Yeah, exactly. The end. Yeah, exactly. Um, no nappy shitting required. 
Exactly that. There you go. Perfect. Alex's advice to all of you young men, particularly. Fine, fine tuning, there. maybe. Yeah. Is it perfect? No. Is no. it ever perfect? No. no. There's always stuff to work on. But we're top of the lead, so quit your whining. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I consider myself told, Alex. I'm, t- I'm talking more to the nappy shooting. Okay. All right. Twitter, but uh, you, yeah, you had me whining con- and enjoy the ride. Yeah. You had me convinced it was me you were talking to for a minute. And me, so. I was convinced. Yeah. Was Jonathan me. and I looked. We looked distinctly worried. Actually, I was checking my nappy for poo. Really, were you two? <laughs> I started biting my nails. Yeah, and you did. You did. She, she had me. At hello. Oh yeah, you're such a perv, aren't you? Anyway, um, right. Okay, we're going to go to a break. But before I do that, uh, the usual uh, perennial shout out for the wonderful CFC UK. Uh, there is uh, at, what, what are you holding up there? You, hold, right, yes, I'm go, go and get my tea. Go and make yourself a cup of tea. Um, yeah, CFC UK uh, is still the best fanzine in the world, bar none. Um, there'll be a new one out soon. I think the deadline for my next piece is the 10th of December, so there'll be one out, one coming out about a week after that. So there you go. Uh, obviously, the best place to get it is uh, at the stall opposite Fulham Broadway um the full and broadway tube um but you can actually subscribe to this now and i think this is the useful point so even if you're overseas you can get a copy but if you're in the uk for a proper hard copy minimum 10 issues in a year you pay 16 quid uh individual copies are two pounds and if you live in europe that will cost you 35 pounds and the rest of the world 45 pounds and if you want to pay you can pay by paypal and you send that to fanzine at cfcuk.net you can also have a digital subscription which goes by email as a PDF format, that will cost you six quid for a season. Individual issues remain at one pound. So there you go. The best thing to do is you get in contact with DJ Fanzine at cfcuk.net. Tell him what you want, digital or, or hard copy subscription. Then you sort it out from there. But it's well worth it. There's some fabulous writers in there. So uh, and, and me. So, you know, it's well worth it. Right. We will be back after a short break. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stanford Chidge. We're in part three, and I've got Jonathan Kidd with me. Great to be on the show. Lovely with the smart buddies. Yay! Yay! Woo, 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 woo! Silence. <laughs> Alex is looking at her phone. Tony's looking at his computer. I just said yay. I just okay. Said all right. All right. You, just, you said it silently. All right. Right now, look, let's crack on. We've got uh, the fannies now. Uh, the, Tony and Alex probably haven't been around on the show when we've done the fan. Have you been? <laughs> yes, have you I been have. on since the yes, fannies have been back? Think, Tony's always around fanny. fanny. Uh, <laughs> I thought. I, I thought. I thought. Like that. That's I thought. I, I thought Tony was a fanny magnet. Yeah. Well. You know, I, I, in my up here, I am. Yeah, <laughs> looking like you do at the only moment, place mate. In the world, way I am, but you know, looking like you do at the moment, mate. More, more of a Fanny Magnum. <laughs> but there we go. I used to love Magnum. Great series. Uh, anyway, first of all, we have got Man of the Match. The nominations were actually. I better like actually bother to log into Twitter. Sitting there, preoccupied with the Ballon d'Or. Um, so give me one second. But the the nominations were silver. A bit of a tough one, really, but the nominations were Silver, James, and Rudiger, which is about the best that I could come up with uh, under the circumstances. But actually, in a funny old way, I thought that they, that wasn't a bad shout. Uh, J- uh, J.K., who would you have gone for? Of those three, I would. Yeah. I would uh, James had a very low-key game, some good centres, but um, uh, was a bit. <coughs> I don't know, wasn't 
wasn't in the game as much as he has been in the past. Um, uh, Rudiger will not achieve anything for me because of that miss at the end, which was absolutely appalling. Um, and Silver was wonderful, so it'll be Silver. Silver is Silver is absolutely wonderful. Okay, so J.K. would have gone for Silver. Alex concurred. Silver for you, Tony. The very little that I saw, one amazing block where he just strolled in, took the ball off him, and basically yeah. gave him yeah. the finger. Yeah, yeah. he is marvellous. Tony. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I think I think we've been a bit harsh on Rudy Goodfriend to miss at the end. He's not a striker. So, no. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. They have to be all round, Tony. I'm sorry. He has to score. I mean, you, you and I could have scored that. We know no. what to do when it gets when it gets headed over. Yeah, I play football every keep week. Our, and, and, keep our centre of gravity down and yeah. just hit through the ball for the uh, and keep it low. But he so nearly should have had a he goal in the tried first Tried to half. belt the shit out of it, Rudiger, at the end there. Yeah. He wanted the glory of that goal. But I think, yeah. And I, think I wanted it, it for him, damn it. Mm. If there'd been many other players there would have seen that coming in and just headed it like Drogba would have just yes, headed Yeah, it. well, that all aside, I thought he deserved a nomination for Man of the Match because I yeah. thought I thought all round. He, I mean, there was one interception he made or one tackle he made, which is brilliant, uh, and he does it every, every game. I, I, Jeez, I love the fact brilliant. that he that hates brilliant. other teams as much as the fans. And I love that about him too. But anyway, I'm going to put you out of your misery. Rudiger got 12%, James got 15%, and Silver, quite rightly too, got a whopping... 73%. So well done him. Right. Uh then we've got the salary moment. Uh I I I I, I, I very erroneously got overexcited here. Is this become more more of a more of a chant of the match uh, really? But actually I I now realize the error of my way because I should have nominated McTominay getting hit in the chops with the football as my salary moment, but uh, instead I I nominated the song that we sang towards him, which was "You're Just a Shit Billy Gilmore." Yeah. Which he, to be fun, fair, he he laughed at that, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the other two nominations were Rudiger, uh, basically berating Fred when he went down uh, for his dive, which I thought was hilarious. And Rudiger, I love Rudiger when he gets gets about and starts up. He had a bit of argy bargy with him, and then he had a bit of argy bargy with McTominay. But <laughs> I've picked out the Fred moment, and the last one genuinely had me laughing. In, in Gate 17, there was a quite a young lad. I mean, I say young, you know, 20s, uh, sat next to me. Oh, I really, I, I get, I really, I really feel for them. John will know what I mean. Lovely John, who I always have a chat with before the game, just sits a few rows down from me. But uh, I really feel for any youngster who, who manages to get a ticket on the ticket exchange and then land, ends up in Gate 17, you know, the gate that time forgot. <laughs> Uh, you know, and he sat, he sat there as a one-man song merchant, joining in with all the songs from the Matthew Harding lower. He did his absolutely level best, bless him. And I, I joined in with him just to, so he didn't feel like a prick, really, because nobody else was bothering, as they nobody does sing where we are. But he was lovely. I really liked him. But I learned this off him, and it really did make me laugh. And it goes, it's the Cristiano song, and it goes to the tune of Chelsea boys are on a bender, Cristiano's a sex offender, and repeat. <laughs> And that really made me laugh. And I did join in with that rather wholeheartedly, actually. So that got a nomination to JK. Who and what would you have voted for? Uh, um, McTominay's song I thought was very amusing. I liked it at the time. Um, uh, the Cristiano song I heard, I think, at the first game, but it was somebody of the season. It was somebody else they referred it to. And I can't remember. And I don't like it. And, it's um, true, though. He is. And I don't like it though. I don't like it. And the um, the the Rudiger one, uh, I thought was great. So I'd vote for that. Good, Rudiger for you, Alex. Yeah, same. 
I love nothing more than Rudiger being a shit to other people. Yeah, I, 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 that gives me a warm feeling in my nether region. It does, a warm and could... I think he's become that player that if he doesn't play for you, you want him dead. But if he's yours, yeah. he's a bastard. Yeah. But he's our bastard. Mm. Yep, and he, he, Fred deserved it. It was absolutely... Why he wasn't booked? For goodness sake, Taylor. Why didn't you book him for that? <laughs> Tony? Yeah, and I'm going for the McTominay song because it did make me laugh. Yeah. Um, the fact that this guy we've got on loan at Norwich, who hasn't hardly played a game this season because Daniel Farley didn't want him to play, and still Scott McTominay, you're a shit, Billy Gilmore. That yeah. did make me laugh. There we go. Um, split vote, really. Me going for the Cristiano song, you going for McTominay, and the others going for Rudiger. Well, I can tell you now that Cristiano's song got 24%, McTominay got 26%, which means Rudiger versus Fred got 50%. So Alex and JK clearly know their onions, and me and Tony are just wishfully thinking. Uh, right, the last one, uh, of course, is the Guinness moment. You might think that this was a bit of a hard ask to come up with three nominations here, and you would be right. But they are. Uh, Jorginho's penalty, I think mar- largely because I was very happy uh, when it went in and uh, emitted a rather primal sexual kind of noise as it did. Uh, Rudiger, uh, that shot he made when he hit the bar in the first half, I mean, that was I had such a good view of that because I was right behind it and I really thought that was going in. And of course, we were all mm. desperate for Rudiger to run up the pitch and score. And I thought it was that moment and I did emit a very kind of, oh! So it was a bit <laughs> like... You know, coitus interrupted, really, when it hit the bar. But it was damn good. It felt good at the time. And the final one, uh, which the lads on uh, Discord, as they all do, by the way, all the nominations really come from the Discord group, and they're brilliant at this. But uh, they mentioned Pulisic's lovely touch and pass, which I have to say I don't think I saw in the heat of the moment, but I believe them when they say it. So there you go. Uh, Oh, that might have been the Zayek thing that I thought I've confused it with. Was it we just did a reverse pass to put Mountain? Was it that? Oh, I think it might. I think it was. I don't know because I, I, I didn't see it. Was, oh, then no, I'm giving Zayek more uh, kudos than he actually deserved. It's Pulisic. Yeah, it was Pulisic, right? Good. Uh, so what did you go for, J.K.? Well, I would go for that because I I actually went ha 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 like that at the time. So uh, yeah, that's mine. Yeah, fair enough. Junior Penn, I didn't. I'm sorry. I, you know, good for him, and he done that error. But you know, he did was kick into the net. You know, I know, really. but I, I was going more on my reaction than his penalty. Yeah, no, no, I know, <laughs> understand. I know, but nonetheless, I, that's why I didn't do it. So what I'm saying, he kicked it in. I didn't go. Oh, ho, 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 I just went. Eh, it's a goal. And then I actually uh, voted for Rudiger, not that, but I had to nominate R- Rudiger hitting the bar. You know, once again, I didn't go, oh, but Pulisic touch and pass. I, I'm uh, streets ahead. I, I was, don't know what I was doing at that precise moment to miss that. <laughs> I, but there you I go. came. I came. Yeah, did you? Okay. Yeah. More, more info than we perhaps needed. Alex, yeah. what did you go for? I went for Jorginho. Just, do you know what? Not for him, but literally the second it went in, I thought of all those little bitch babies that have been giving him shit on Twitter for the last half hour. Going, they would have gone, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, there is always that. Tony, I thought, suck it, bitches. Yeah, Yeah. Tony, Uh, I'm, I am obviously going to go with the same as Alex, Uh, for slightly different reason. I've won because um, I recently suffered the cold sweats of self-inflicted fuck up, um, when I could blame nobody but myself for screwing up my garage door so that it no longer opens or shuts. 
just I thought you were going to say it was the shit on the carpet that you had. No, to no, no, that can't be. That's my, that's Paul Lelozzi. He's still traumatized by fire at night. You know, bless him. He, he's not the same. But um, so I know uh, that cold sweat feeling when all you can do is think to yourself, why, 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 why did I do it? Why didn't I do this instead, etc. And to go up and take the penalty. And I will say this: I didn't watch the penalty. I sacrificed watching the penalty because since I've had this thing going and everybody around me knows it, I don't watch penalties. We always score penalties. Okay. So there you, you go. So so I sacrificed that for you lot. Well done, Tony. Yeah. Tony, that's great. I love it. You took one for the team, mate. Well done. Well, the results are Jorginho's penalty got 16%, Rudiger hitting the bar got 38%, and Pulisic's touch and pass got 46%. Yeah. <laughs> Clean sheet. So, Clean sheet. Yeah. Clean sheet. Well done, you lot. Uh, and as I said, massive thanks to the lovely people in our Discord group uh, who, of course, uh, every week after the game, they're all on there and they're nominating away and they're bloody marvellous for doing it. Uh, and of course, the, I mean, if you want to, if you want to be in our Discord group, then really you have to be a Patreon member, really, or you can be in the Prem Predictions League. You know, if you're in our Prem Predictions League, I will give you Discord rights. Okay, but uh, yeah, I mean, Tony, you're in there occasionally. J.K. I me, am? yeah, it's great fun. There's a really cracking bunch of people in there. Many of whom are listening in Mixler tonight. So there we go. Now, talking of Discord, J.K., we've got some Discord questions, and the first one is from Brian Justman, and he Hi. says. Is it time to start calling Rhys James world-class? Very good point. Um, uh, no, I don't think it is. I think he has to play a season and play out of his skin uh, every game to be world-class. Mm. Um, at the moment, he's, he's exceptional. Um, and he has to n- nail the England place and play superbly there. But uh, I think he's on his way. Yeah. Any of the others want to comment? Alex? And yet, JK, who's playing better in that position? You could say, you know, Terence Trent Derby. <laughs> <laughs> he's, apparently he's changed that song. You know, I want you to stay. Yeah. And he says, I just want to play! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um... I mean, just to answer it myself very quickly, Brian, uh, I did a piece uh, which went out on Sunday about how, you know, that there is something very special going on at Chelsea at the moment. And a lot of it has to do with Thomas Tuchel and a lot of it has to do with the players, but particularly how young they are. And actually, there's a question coming up about that in a minute. But the way I differentiated it was that we have world-class players and we have potentially world-class players. And I would say that Rhys James and a few of the other youngsters are potentially world-class but I think JK's right. You have to do it for a few seasons, really. Yes. You have to maintain a, a, a standard like that for a season or two or maybe three before you can be really considered absolutely bona fide world-class. But he's without doubt potentially world-class, that's for sure. Right, i got one for Annaban, and I'm going to ask Tony this one. Tony, was this the first time when we completely demolished one of the European giants? This is the Juve game, right? Yeah. One of the European giants. I don't remember that we've done something like this in the last 20 years. I know this Juve team is not that good, but we still lost them in Turin, didn't we? But 4-0, it could have easily been 6 or 7, Tony. Well, I seem to remember Barcelona on the three. First. What about, yeah, the 4-2? Four, the four yeah. And um, then the 3-1 against Barcelona in, yeah, in 99-2000. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I get frustrated with a, a, a lot of shit that was talked about, you know, well, it's not, it's, this isn't the same Juve. They've got um, Allegri back in charge and very little's changed, you know, the one season that he wasn't there, really. Um, so I think it was a bit of a demolition job, but we've done it before, I think. And I'd argue that the Barcelona teams that we beat, uh, 4-2, 3-1 and, and whatever, were, were probably better teams than this Juve side. So... We have a we have we have a history, or we have also have a history of being slightly taken apart by a better side ourselves. So, um, but yeah, I I I certainly don't think um, it's it's the first time. Not in my my memory. I think we've we've done it before to good teams. Alex, I think that Atletico team was better that we demolished. Yeah, mm. wasn't the same scoreline, but we did absolutely destroy them that well, night. That's very true. But I think the scoreline is important on this occasion. I mean. I think I think Tony mean gravitated towards the Barcelona the two Barcelona games because they were you know and I think I think Annaban's point is you know doing this to European giants I mean I know for example we beat Lazio 4-0 didn't we in in the early 2000s away which was seen as some hell of a result but Lazio weren't a huge European giant they still aren't Barcelona are Juventus are point of order here um we are yeah, well, we are too, but you know what I mean. It's it's a good, yeah. it's a really good point. I think it was one of the best European home performances I've seen, uh, basically Anaban, because I just thought we were just so dominant. And I think that's the point. It could have been six, seven, eight easily. We were absolutely ma- magnificent last week. Last question from the Discord group: uh, Is our squad the best full squad we've ever had? I may, this is from Pierre, by the way. Keep the blue flag flying into north. I may be falling for recency bias here, as I've only supported Chelsea since two thousand and eight as I was born in 2000. However, this is probably the best and most complete squad with the most potential I can remember us having ever. We have at least two quality players for every single position in our squad with a large number of those players with their, in theory, best years to come. I'd be glad to hear what you have to say about the squads that uh, that were there when I was in nappies or before I was born. As a reminder, these are the players we have who are all 25 or under. Chalabar, James, Hudson-Odoi, Havertz, Mount, Gallagher, Gilmore, Chilwell, Christensen, Pulisic, Werner and Rubin. Alex? Do you know what? I I don't think the, like, the double winning season, 2009-10, those players in their prime, probably stronger, but not with the potential, as much potential to get even better that this lot had. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the 2005 side, Yes. Uh, was was completely phenomenal and yeah. two, and two great players in every position. Uh, uh, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. JK's got it spot on there. I think when you look at that side that should should have won the Champions League uh, when it went on to play United in Moscow, uh, were cheated out of getting to finals because of refereeing decisions. Um, and I've I've supported the team since 1970 and I think that 2004, 5, 6, 7 squad is by far, by far the best I've ever seen. They were robust, resilient, hard, hard as nails. There was absolutely no shirkers in there. You had players that would run through walls to get the results that that, that, that they, they wanted to get for Chelsea. So I think as good as this is, it's a potential but that lot would, but they were the, they were something else. They, they they had people like me, long in the tooth fans who'd known mostly failure, twenty seven dismal years of it. AJK, remember? Yeah, 
right, from 1971 onwards or whatever, uh, sitting there thinking we could really do this. And that that squad had to overcome the weight, an appalling weight of history and um, uh, uh, underachievement. So for me, that they, they were way, 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 way ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I one thing I would agree with that. I think that's the best we've ever had. But I think Alex has got made a really good point there, as as has Pierre. And I, I think I think potentially this could be, you know, uh, because I mean, not just the homegrown players, but the likes of Havertz. He's only twenty one, isn't he? So you know, there's a very good chance here that uh, that this could become our greatest greatest squad actually. But uh, a lot's got to happen before then. Brilliant question, Pierre. Love that. Now, J.K., we've got a couple of emails. The first one is from is from Harsh Harsh Rathod Rathod Rathod. It's from India. It sounds like some kind of punishment, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> it does really. Don't be harsh, though. Uh, I wonder what the Rathod bit's going to be. Oh dear! Right up your jacksy, mate. Oh no! Hey, Chidgy and the boys. I've been listening to the podcast for years. Thank you, Harsh, and I'm a big fan of the way you guys go about discussing our love for Chelsea. Mostly rude. The one thing that really stands out for me as a fan of Chelsea and the podcast, you guys cover for almost all the views and perspectives a fan may be going through that particular week about Chelsea. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. While listening to the last few years, been a constant topic about world-class players in the Chelsea squad. There it was again. There it was again. And the most evident correct answer was N'Golo Kante. As this season progressed, I've come to realise that along with him, we can consider... Um, Reese and Edu in the world-class category. As we were just saying, they're getting there. I'm not very sure what tag to give to the evergreen Thiago Silva. Ah, completely world-class. I mean, for no, I mean, wow. But because I just don't know what black magic he performs on his body to be still be so absolutely mind-blowing. Just um, diet, fitness, um, uh, constantly being appraised um, by the 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 terrific coaches they've got the exercise coaches there what i'm confused about is does one being world class come from natural traits and how much a player is motivated or does it come from the manager and the system around a player as well i think it's a combination of the two i would really love to hear you guys thoughts on this p.s i'm planning to visit london around christmas would love to visit the bridge and maybe meet the ogs cheers Harsh. Now, here's the question. Is OG, does that stand for old git or original gangsters? I knew you were about to say that. I was about, I was thinking, jeez, yeah. oh, do I admit I don't really know what he's talking about? Well, other guys? Other guys? No, I think he means we're original gangsters. We're not old gits, JK. Um, sure? That's a brilliant email, Harsh. Now, number one, first point, I know that Harsh is desperate to, I'm not sure, I mean, what you must do, Harsh, is email me again or, or just send me a direct message on Twitter and tell me when you're coming over. But um, I know he's desperate. He's not ever been to a Chelsea game before. He's coming all the way over from India. He is desperate, desperate, desperate for a ticket. Um, and I don't know, as I said, I don't know which game he's coming over for. But, I mean, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to help him get one. Because I know I did send him a long email back explaining what a load of ball ache it is and how hard it is and all the various ways to do it. And whatever you do, don't buy it from a tout. But... Um, you know, tell, Harsh, let me know what game it is. And I mean, between us, we've got enough. We know enough people. We'll see if we can get you a ticket. All right. I've got I've got Tony, Alex and JK here as my witnesses. <coughs> we will do our best for you, mate. Yeah. Now, the other thing, uh, I agree with that. Tiago Silva, utterly world class. I think JK, the best example of 
you know, what you were saying, it's a combination of both, you know, the player himself and what he does and the manager and the system. The best example of that is Frank Lampard. Would Frank Lampard have become a world-class footballer without Jose Mourinho? Very good wow. point. Yeah, I, 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 I think his, it wouldn't have happened at the Hammers, would it? But his, his, his single-mindedness to training meant that I think he would have been a success wherever he was. But with the, the money and players around him, I think it helped him to improve. To become and Mourinho, I think great. A lot no, I, 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 I agree completely. But I think it was the the, the combination of the man, the the owner in, in employing the manager, who then gets the top class players around him. So he plays with with uh, absolutely um, brilliant standard. All of that as well. But you have to give Frank an enormous amount of kudos for um, his his single mindedness at the same time. So as I say, it's a combination of everything. Mm, all right. Okay. Last email uh, um, is Marco Delavelle, who we've heard from many times before. He says, good evening to you all. Wow. What a week it's been for Chelsea too. This is before the United game, I hasten to add. The two f- phenomenal performances against two very difficult teams. I thought Leicester City away just after the international break on Saturday lunchtime was a tough task. How wrong was I though? However, nothing could have prepared me for what happened on Tuesday night against Juventus. This was a complete performance by everyone in a blue shirt. Uh, I've watched a lot of Italian football as well as Chelsea over the years, and I've never seen anyone take an Italian team to the cleaners like we did in the second half on Tuesday. Even our Irish centre-forward got in on the act at the end. Now let's tell, uh, let's take the Mancunians to the cleaners on Sunday. Uh, lastly, I would like to say thank you uh, for two fantastic 50 Years with Chelsea shows previously when you covered the 1997-98 season and 1998-99 seasons. These were my first <coughs> seasons of supporting Chelsea and I absolutely loved reminiscing whilst listening to your shows and thinking about the great matches during these seasons, such as Vincenza at home, Spurs uh, 6-1, Jonathan's rant about how poor we were away at Sheffield Wednesday was brilliant, thumping Aston Villa away and smashing Arsenal 5-0 in the League Cup. It was wonderful to hear all of your views on these seasons. The fan cast as a whole is absolutely brilliant. It's a show made for fans by fans, and I love how honest you all are about every Chelsea performance. You're all legends, and you have a great fan cast that is really enjoyable to listen to. Keep the blue flag flying high. Marco Delaval. What a lovely, lovely thing to say. Thank yes. you, Marco. Blimey, I'm purring here. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Marco. That's really. I mean, mate, we love doing them. It's as simple as that, isn't it? I mean, we'd probably do it if nobody listened because we just enjoy talking rubbish and nonsense at each other for a couple yeah. of hours on a Monday. Am I right? I don't even know. Is really somebody listening to this? I don't know. Do people listen? What you mean? People listen? No shit. Seriously? I thought. I thought the mix of a lot were all plants. You know, I just put them there. I pay them to be there. Yeah, they wish. You like a a bit of yucca, don't you? Oh yeah. All right, uh, we're going to round up this part very quickly with a an update on the Premier League predictions table, just to embarrass myself, Tony, and JK. (laughs) Uh, and then, uh, in the last kind of few minutes of the show, in part four, we're going to have a quick look ahead to the Watford game. And then I can let these people go to bed because they look very tired. Anyway, the Premier League predictions table. Uh, actually, do you know what? I had a fairly decent week. You did. I had a fairly decent week. I even got a bloody spot on, I kid you not. Yeah. I know. So, um, starting in reverse order. Oh, Jonathan, you excelled <laughs> yours. I, didn't, I, I hadn't really looked at this before now. Um. Uh, 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 
Yes. My 5-0 my for Chelsea Man U didn't help. Yeah, well, indeed. I mean, basically, you did exceptionally well this week. You got minus 22, uh, which means that you are still in 74th place. Uh, the good news is that I did exceedingly well for me, not by compared to everybody else, but for me, I did well, which means, and thanks to Dean Mears getting minus 20, because apparently he got, I think he got his baby to pick them for him. Uh, Dean had a shocker. He got minus 20. So he's now down to 65, whereas I have climbed up four places to 64th. And uh, I got 102 points, including a spot on uh, against, uh, I think I got the City West Ham game right. Uh, sadly, there's a very long way to go uh, from there until we get to Mark Meehan, who is in 34th. He got 86. And then Tony Glover, back with a vengeance this week. Tony, you got 122, having sli- slipped back down to your Mate. normal kind of yes. uh, exactly. Yeah, last week was a blip. That was my blip. Yeah. Right. Doing week, right? yeah I, got, I, got, I got two spot on this week, actually. Yeah. So, well done, yeah. you. Well, One of them was ours. 1-1. One, one. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, good shout. Well, you're in 30th. That's pretty good, mate. Uh then we go up to the real champions of the Chelsea fan cast. Martin, <laughs> Martin Wickham had an exceptionally good week and he's now doing... Because Martin should be... He's a, he's a top 10 kind of player, really. Uh, but he's 22 now. He got 158. Uh, Dane Whittle, dark horse. Dane Whittle, 19th. He got 88. And Marco, who's been uh, carrying the flag for the Chelsea fan cast all season, he's back up to third. He got 108. So well done, Marco. Now... Uh, the best performer of the week was Jonathan Murray, Muzza, who's on the Discord group. He got 204 points. Bloody hell, mate. And he got he got the Chelsea match, the Brentford match, the City match, all spot on. Good work. Good work, Muzza. Well done. So he, he's uh, up in 40th. But the I mean, this is quite remarkable, JK and Tony. Luke Withers has been the top of the table from the first week, right? He's still there now. He got 174 points this week, so he's extended his lead. He's nearly, he's getting on for 200 points above second place. He's, you know, he's yeah. also the top of the entire thing. 1,700 yeah. people enter this, all sorts of different leagues, right? Or just one league of many. He is top of the lot. Is, is he in a different space-time continuum from the rest of the I think he is. I think he is. I mean, what a, I, I must have, a, I mean, I, I nearly did have a drink with him at a game recently, but it uh, didn't quite happen. But Luke, you and I, I it's got a sports almanac like Back to the Future too. Maybe yes, that's what I think. We could I have been there yeah. the day before, knowing yeah. that that he's the day before everything. So he's yeah. absolutely brilliant. He really is. So my my hat is off to you, Luke. Well done. He's also in the Discord group, by the way. All right, uh, we're going to have a quick break. When we come back, it's going to be looking ahead to Watford on Wednesday. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge, and this is the Chelsea Fancast. Of course, I've got Jonathan Kibb with me, and Tony Glover, and uh, Alex Churchill, also known as the Smut Buddies. Uh, Well, she's, you know, she's a She's smutty. Is that what you're trying to say? No. No. You might well be, but, you know. I'll tell you what, Tony. If she she was half as filthy as your mind, Mm. (laughs) then we'd be onto something, I think. I would look like the Wildstone Raider. You would. Come and have a go. You've got no fans. 
<laughs> right. Okay. Watford on Wednesday. A bit of a difficult one to preview this because we've had there's no presser yet. Uh, even even Flash Score didn't have any preview of it as such. Uh, but what I can tell you is that Watford are weird. All right. I can tell you that Watford are weird. They've also got Claudio Ranieri as their manager, but you know their last five matches are nuts. Um, in fact, what I should say, if I go six, so going back to the furthest, they got humped 5-0 at home by Liverpool. Then they beat Everton away 5-2. Then they lost at home 1-0 to Southampton. Then they lost 1-0 away to Arsenal. Then they beat Man United 4-1, which got Oli sacked. And then they lost 4-2 to Leicester last uh, last weekend, who we'd beaten 3-0. So I think they are probably the most schizophrenic side in the entire Premier League. So Lord only knows what's going to going to happen on Wednesday when we play them. But I'm really hoping very much that it will be... We need to do to them what Liverpool did to them, I think. But will we? Lord only... I think that was Ranieri's first game in charge. So I don't think he'd had much chance to really, you know, deal with the team. So, uh, hey, we'll see. OK, JK, my team selection is something like this. All right? Mm. Mendy. Mm. Rudiger. Mm. Silva. Chalaba, mm. Alonso. Mm. Well, what else are you going to do? Jorginho, mm. Loftus Cheek, or Kante? I mean, if Kante's fit, he starts, right? Mm. Uh, James, up front, and this is the real uh, dilemma having looked at Sunday. Uh, Hudson Adoy, I, I still think he needs to play. Havertz, if he's fit, he starts. Simple as for me, and Mount. But you could play Pulisic instead of Mount, and I fully accept that. So I think you'd play Zayek. Oh, fuck off. I think he was... Just, I'm, please, please, I'm just expressing a view of the manager might do. It's not my view. Please. Um, uh, Zayek, I think you'll play Mount and he won't play Cheek. And I think you'll play Havertz and he won't play Werner. And he'll play Odoi and he'll play Alonso and he'll play James. And I think he might play... He won't play Kante. I think he'll keep him. Uh, I think he'll play for West Ham. And I think he'll play... Um, uh, well, Saul's the only other player we got. You know, I think he'll play Alonso. No, but, no, uh, Saul in in midfield with Jorginho. You know, I don't think he'll play. I think he'll play uh, Mount there. I think he'll play him instead of Sheik. Uh, even though he's defensively, I think he'll just try and play. I don't know. I, well, we're guessing because he, he'll he'll have analysed what Watford are up to, won't he? And he'll he'll make decisions based on that, where, where, as opposed to the you know we keep thinking he'll play the same team, but he doesn't do that. He chooses teams depending on how he thinks we're going to stress the opposition. And uh, I, you know, and I I I get that he thinks Chalabar's a a, a better um, fit at the moment instead of Christensen, but surely he must give Christensen a go at some stage, um, uh, because Christensen is a class act. So that I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of confused at the moment about what he's, he. I think he'll play Rudiger, Silver, and Chalaba because they're playing so well together. He'll play Alonso because there's there's uh, there's no alternative, um, and he'll play James. But I, I'm I'm not sure about Loftus Cheek. I don't think he'll play. Um, I think he'll play Havertz, and I think he'll play Zayek. So uh, I think Mount will either miss out or we might put a combination of players in um, that that uh, and he plays instead of Cheek. Um, or or he, so he presses forward more. I'm not. I'm. I don't know, Chidge. I don't quite know how you play against this Watford side. So, um, um, but I would go. I would go otherwise. Pretty much for your team, except I'd play. I'd have Zayek there, um, and, uh, uh, and and let Mount would miss out. 
I mean, this is this is the problem, isn't it? I mean, you know, when he plays really, really well, Tony Ziyech, you know, clearly can do things that very few of the team can do. But if if you if you play him at the expense of Mount, then you've got nobody in the team who does what Mount does so well, which is to win the ball back and and hustle and have energy as well as you know putting people through. He's a good he's a good creative player as well. Yeah, I'd be happy with that lineup you put there, Chidge. And and I, I I have an absolutely is it an irrational hatred of Watford? I don't think it is irrational. I think my hatred of Watford is completely rational, on the basis that. They are the biggest fucking basket case of a club going when it comes to managers. They're so mean as well. Like, you know, when I started doing the blog, the first away game I did, I think, was Watford. And at that point, I was still trying not to offend people. I got over yeah. that really quick. And <laughs> I think they had 13% possession and not a single shot on or off target. And all I said was they weren't very good. And I had three days of Watford fans threatening to kill me. Uh, fist me till I died was probably the most creative. Um, Is that because they don't have? No, I'm not, not going to go. Calling me every name under the sun, and I was like, if you get this angry every time Watford play shit, then your blood pressure must be through the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. They are. I just don't like them. I hope we absolutely. They're as angry as a hornet's nest, mate. That's been disturbed. Indeed. And also, as well, I just Elton John shit. Chuck that in as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. They sound like the kind of people who probably would do better having an angry wank. Yeah, yeah. I don't like them. I hope we beat them. Uh, I hope we beat them well. Um, and I've got no sentimentality towards Claudio Ranieri at all. So, bad luck. Okay. Well, I mean, the other thing I would would say, J.K., is that you know, if Hudson Odoi does does get dropped to the bench, you know, I mean, I would ha- be happy with Pulisic, Mount, and uh, Havertz. Of course, the other outlier is I wonder if Barkley might get a, a summons. Yes, yes, yes. You know, so it, it's hard to call. I mean, Tony Thomas Tuchel always always throws in a curveball, mate. He did it this weekend That's, with Werner. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a nice position for it to be in that he can uh, swap around so much and 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 have that kind of dilemma. We've you know there are we've, we've had it before with Chelsea that uh, you know where we wish we had that selection nightmare, don't we? Um, and uh, and and there we there we have it. So I I think he'll put a team out that he'd have seen Watford. Uh, they were described um, on television. I think on the uh, uh, the one of the games I watched it might have been at the weekend. It might have been on match day. As the most schizophrenic of the teams going, it might have been on Five Live actually driving home. But you know they they either lose or they score four or five goals. Mm. All of their games get four or five goals against goals, us. So though. I think they'll lose. What Alex? All of their games are packed with goals, apparently. Well, yeah. I was gonna. I mean, I just read it out. I mean, they either score four or concede four, or yeah. score five or, or concede five. Yeah, <laughs> you know, both. and 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 then in between they have a couple of one nils. Who knows? I mean, it's yeah. going to be Billy Bonkers. J.K., how do you see it going, my old China? Four one. Four one to Watford or Chelsea? Um, let me think. Uh, who are the team <laughs> team playing in blue? Um, That'd be Chelsea. Yeah, well, it I might not they- be. They, they, might, be, they won't be playing play, in yellow, yeah. that's for sure. They might play in yellow, yeah. No, they won't be playing yellow. No, they won't, because funnily enough, they're yellow. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's the third kit? Blue, light blue. Uh, what is the pyjama thing, isn't it? Yeah, the pyjama thing. No, it's the pyjama thing. Yeah, they won't play that. No, I think they're playing blue. Yeah, yeah, 4 1 to the blues. Four. Hey, you boys. Okay. Um, Tony? Yeah, I'm going to go 4 0. 4 0. 
All right, bloody hell. Alex? I'm going to go six just because I hate Elton John that much. Christ on a bike. Got 4-1 JK, 4-0 Tony, 6-0 Alex. What could possibly go wrong? Wrong, exactly. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. I mean, I generally have no idea. I think this this is really difficult to call because Watford are so utterly schizophrenic. I still have tremors and, and nightmares about that horrendous 4-1 when we lost to them up there in 2018, which was the nadir of the Conte reign, as I recall. Uh, but uh, but since then, I mean, we've been we've been beating them fairly happily. We beat them 2-1 up there in, uh, later on in 2018, the next season. Um, and we beat them 2-1, funnily enough, um, last season i would have thought and uh we beat them 3-0 at home so i'm going to go i'm going to go i think we're better and i think tuka will have put a rocket up their ass uh and hopefully he'll pick the players that are more likely to score than the ones that he did on sunday so i'm going to go more conservatively i'm going to go 3-0 because i still i still say we are so hard to score against and that is the bottom line with this team so i'm going to go 3-0 to the chills Yes, I think that's it. Is that the end of the show? Yes. Well, you haven't mentioned the Ballon d'Or results, which are... Uh, uh, that's, uh, I mean, I've been sitting on it, Tony. Fixed. I've been sitting on it. Uh, Jorginho got on the podium. He came third. Lewandowski second. And guess who came first? Leo, uh, I can fix it for you and not yeah. pay my taxes, Messi. Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah. No. Yeah. Can't Seriously. Take- Seriously, yes. he's won it for the seventh time. Uh, and, and you have to say... Whatever credibility that that Ballon d'Or had has just fucked off out the window. Someone somewhere in the organisation that does the Ballon d'Or is having a very cold, self-aware sweat right now because they know they fucked up. About as credible as that fucking World War One football memorial that FIFA put up on the Western Front. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was he was pony compared to his usual standards last season, so that really is a farce. But Kante, the Kante twins came fifth. Right, yeah. And it's such Fuck an absolute. That. That's so appalling. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> Although we we have one club of the year. We did win club of the year. Bloody hell! That's a turn up for the books. All right, we're going to move on because it is really time to end the show, and I'm tired, and so are they. And you've been sitting listening to us for over two hours, but that's about normal for us, isn't it? <clears throat> anyway. It has been fun. I can't deny that. It's always lovely to see Tony and Alex together again. Anyway, that is all we've got time for this week. JK and I will be back this Friday for the preview show. And we will be joined by Dan Silva and Adam Newson from Football.London and James Jones or Will Pugh from... Uh, what, what do they call their bloody podcast? I can't remember. Something to do with West Ham. I'll get it right on Friday. I was on their podcast before this one, actually. So... Uh, there you go, and they're good lads. One of them will be on, uh, James or Will, as I said, <coughs> for our opposition view. And next Monday, oh yes, this is going to be fun. Next Monday, there's a double dose of the Chelsea fancast because at 7 o'clock, rather than kicking off with this show, uh, JK and I will be live on BBC Radio London with the lovely uh, Aaron Paul for the London fa- Football Fans Show. Uh, okay, uh, and then at eight o'clock. So when we finish that, we'll start this show. Uh, we'll kick off the usual Monday night show, which will definitely be with me, J.K. Dan, and possibly Clayton, depending on how he feels, because he's had a bit of back knack recently. Now the thing about the uh, the BBC Radio London show uh, is that you can phone up or you can text. All right, so you can phone zero eight zero zero 
731 2000 if you want to speak to me and JK on the radio, on the wireless, or you can text 81333. Uh, start your message with the word London and you can tweet at BBC London Sport. There we go. Okay, so you, I'll say that again. You can tweet at BBC London Sport, all right? Or text 81333, starting with the start the message with the word London, or you can call 0800 731 2000. And you can find BBC Radio London on DAB, BBC Sounds, or 94.9 FM. So that's between 7 and 8 next Monday. Me and JK with the legend that is Aaron Paul. What's not to like? Oh, I'm looking forward to it already. I know. It's going to be a real... I tell you what, JK, make sure you get a lot of sleep the night before. It's going to be a long, long night for you. It will be a long night Because we me. won't finish till 10, mate. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. my God, yeah. Because there's a midweek game next week as well, oh, I think. Oh, Can I go and lie down now? You can in a minute. Uh, two more minutes and then we're done. Right, so there we go. That's next Monday. Now, of course, uh, Dean's uh, went to Mo King's Meadow... Uh, and our Chelsea Fancast will, of course, always be available on pod- as a podcast on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, and other podcast distributors. As I, as you know, I mentioned Patreon early on. It's lovely that so many of you do donate a few shekels to us every month. Ma- massively appreciated. Uh, there's no pressure whether you do or don't. I still love you all equally. But if you do, you can join the Patreon lot at patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And if you do... Uh, I will send you a Kerry Dixon mini banner. And of course, I will, if you ask me nicely, I will send you a link so you can join our Discord group, which, of course, as you have found out, contributes quite heavily to this show and is a lot of fun. Uh, and of course, email us uh, or send us a message on Patreon or Instagram or tweet us or however you get hold of us. The email address is chelseafankers at gmail.com. And of course, we will read your emails out if you so do. So there you go. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast. And we're, on, we're, ch- we're at Chelsea Fancast on all the socials. All right. Instagram, Facebook, you name it. Uh, you can follow me at Stanford Chiz, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Tony at Grocer Jack UK, and Alex at CFCGWLB. So there we go. Alex, delightful to see you, my dear. Love you, bro. Yeah, lovely to see you. Always lovely to see you. And uh, you are looking particularly lovely tonight. So I think you're, you know, what was it? Touch me up button on Zoom. Is that what yeah. it's called? Yeah, it works. I might Everybody try. Everybody touch yourselves up yeah. on Zoom. I'll try it myself for next week, I think. I, I could do with a bit of touching up, I think. <laughs> yes. Tony, have you been touched up recently? Uh, there's a chance to be a fine thing. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I, I was going to say the same myself, really, but there you go. Those days are sadly long behind me. Yes, Tony, indeed. great to see you, mate, as always. Lovely to see you on Saturday, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, well, um, yes. Uh, Saturday? We're away at West Sun- Sunday, I meant. I meant last Sunday, oh, it didn't I? Yeah, it was. It was lovely. To see. And, and obviously, we couldn't get it to the cock because... Uh, when I went in... The cock was rammed. It was unbelievable. They were four deep at the bar. Yeah. And it, it, I'll be honest with you, it didn't feel particularly uh, safe. You really. could, in fact... If you could get worried about COVID. You didn't, well, you yeah. It wouldn't last long in the cock, yeah. I'm afraid. But um, it was... And it was quite rowdy in the garden. There was quite a sing-song going and, and what have you. Quite yeah. rowdy. I mean, it was it was lively and, and, and good fun, but yeah, it was it was very very crowded, yeah, well you, very crowded. You, you told me to give it a swerve, and I was, as I was so horrendously late, I did. But I suppose you could say the cock was bursting on Sunday. Really, <laughs> it was indeed. You could. <laughs> oh, Alex, you you just couldn't help keep the smirk back, could you? Then? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kind of more disturbed by your headless dog. Oh, <laughs> my headless dog. There he yeah, is. He, the entire show, he just has looked headless. 
don't know why yeah. you've got a decapitated dog on your sofa. <laughs> it's quite, freaking me out. That is it's quite still weird. in the mood. He's guarding me. That is very, very bizarre. And of course, last but by no means least, my old partner in crime, the real host of the Chelsea Fancast, as ever, any fool know, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, reference to Molesworth there, Chidge. Well done. There we go. Good old Molesworth, eh? Lovely. Can't beat a bit of Molesworth. You can't, indeed. Uh, thank you. Love to be on the show with uh, with such stalwarts as uh, the beautiful Alex, the beautiful Tony. And uh, uh, Our pleasure. He does look like a 70s porn star, doesn't he, really, Tony? I love that he hasn't got rid of his lockdown hair. It's sexy. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's not going anywhere in a hurry, I'll tell you. Didn't say that about mine. <laughs> do you know yours just looks scarily like you're about to put it in a top knot though no 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 <laughs> no 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 do i look like a league united football player uh, oh yeah. god no no it's not happening my wife won't let me cut it because she likes the she likes the fact that it goes curly at the ends but uh, it is it's cute at the back but your, just, little, your little lord fontlore <laughs> here, i did like you alex once uh anyway <laughs> Uh, lovely to see you both. JK, you're an absolute loon and a star, and I love you to pieces. It's been great fun tonight. Uh, and all of you lot out there in Mixler, always, we love, love seeing you in there. It's brilliant having you uh, in our company on a fan car. So hopefully we see you all again on Friday and, of course, on Monday. And, of course, phone up. Phone up the BBC show we're doing. It'd be great if you all phone up. And, yeah, and, please yeah, do. They, please, they love we, that. They love it, and we bounce off uh, uh, that kind of phone call. Let's, but let's give us you know, yeah, any questions you want to ask us. Yeah. We'll be up yeah. yeah, flood them, flood them with phone calls. Make yeah, you must please. Yeah, we, because apparently, right? Okay, little little tip for you lot out there. Aaron told us when we were off air, uh, didn't he? He said all oh, the Spurs show they they they've done one or two of the Spurs lot because uh, <laughs> they like them because they basically get phone calls all, all evening, don't they? And they love that makes the show uh, sound great. So come on, don't let's be outdone by Spurs. Flood that bloody radio station with phone calls on Monday. We allowed to tweet about it. Chich. Yeah, I'm going to. Aaron, Aaron has literally just tweeted me. The details there. That's what I read them out. Fantastic. So I might bring in and do that um, phone call punk thing from Only Fools and Horses and see how long it takes Aaron to figure it out. (laughs) We want to kind of do it again, so be very careful. (laughs) All right. Anyway, enough already. Great, great fun tonight. Really enjoyed it. Uh, It's cheered me up immensely after that horrible. Uh, I hate Man United. A bunch of Gareths. I'll say it one more time. Anyway, thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.